0: Just call 888-441-7290 or go to preparewithsoutherncents.com. You know what? Let's make it even more simple than that. You're listening to my show, and it's called Southern Sense, and you know you put a dash in the middle, southern-sense.com, and click on the icon for My Patriot Food. Well. If you want to insist, you can still go to 888-441-7290 or go to my website, Southern Sense, put a dash in the middle, southern-sense.com. Be prepared. All right, and welcome to another adventure here on Southern Sense. You're listening live on Blog Talk Radio, SHR Media, Gern Entertainment Radio Network, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and all the heck with it. Just go to the website, put a dash in the middle, southern-sense.com. I'm your hostess with the least mostest, the radio chickadee, Annie, along with my co-host who is so patient, so courageous, and so <laughs> wonderful, Curtis C.S. Bennett, a man into his own right with what now, 27 books out now, Curtis? Are you up to or is it more than that?
5: I have, uh, I'm like on number 28, Oh, geez. Geez. And, geez. and that should be out in a couple of weeks. I'm uh, still working on the uh, book cover. I, I couldn't decide between two designs, and now I have decided, so I'm going to go move forward with that, and it's a military Maybe I'll- suspense. So I'll make sure you get it.
0: Oh, great, because maybe I should have you ghostwrite the book I started, I don't know how many years ago. One day I will finish it, I promise you that, because the the way my life has been so upside down uh, between my mom having the stroke, she's 89 years old. Anyone want an Italian grandmother, I'll give her to you. She now lives with me. (laughs) And for those that are listening, I lost my husband just this Monday will be two months ago. Uh, so I had dueling walkers, wheelchairs, nurses, social workers, therapists in and out my front door. I wanted to put a toll booth on the front door because people were coming in and out. Um, so my life has been upside down. <laughs> so,
5: <laughs> I can imagine. I'm have- wow.
0: I'm- I'm going to have you ghostwrite the book for me. And so those that have been listening know that I've had this book in the works for the last several years, and it's going to be titled, In Life, There Must Be Love and Laughter. And, oh, my goodness, there's not much love and laughter going on these days, i got to tell you. Um, I was speaking to one of our guests, actually texting back and forth last night, and I mentioned God has a weird way of telling me certain things in my life, and I, I, luckily, thankfully, I am blessed to be able to listen uh, because this whole show lineup was put in place before everything hit the fan in Afghanistan. I didn't mean to make a rhyme out of that, honestly, uh, but w- with everything that's going on, everything just fell into perfect place. We're going to be starting off our show with two powerhouses in their own own right. Uh, Benjamin Smith, who's a former Navy SEAL, Iraq War vet. Um, those of you remember him defending the World War II Memorial during Obama's budget lockdown. That that massive cluster, you know what? Uh, he's going to be on with Lieutenant Colonel Sargis Sanghari, who was born and raised in Iran and served in our U.S. Army as Special Operations. Uh, he now is the CEO and founder of the Near East Center for Strategic Engagement. This is his whole bellowing. Uh, we're also going to have that followed up with Graham Allen. Um, you got something running in the background, Curtis? I hear background noise. Um,
5: uh, let me check.
0: Yeah. Uh, anyway, we got Graham Allen. He's the author of Dear America, Live Like It's 9 And those of us that remember 9-11... Now you got to remember, I was on duty at the 90 precinct, um, awaiting soldier replacement sh- surgery, uh, when the World Trade Center was bombed the first time, when they drove those trucks into the basement of the World Trade Center. And the 90 precinct in Brooklyn is directly across the Williamsburg Bridge from downtown Manhattan, where the World Trade Center was. I mean, directly across the bridge. Uh, when the World Trade Center got hit that first time in February of 93. So, you know, I, I I knew it was vulnerable. And then, of course, the newspapers put out all the things that how you can easily bring down the World Trade Center. Well, hello, the Taliban, Al-Qaeda, ISIS, whatever you want to call them, the Daesh, be honest about it, call them the real name, Daesh. We're sending their people over here to become engineers to learn how to take our buildings and structures down. You don't need to give them extra information, idiots. Anyway, so when it hit on 9-11, we remember what 9-12 was and how our nation united like it had never united in centuries. I, I can go on and on and on. But uh, Graham Allen wrote this really great book, Dear America, Live Like It's 912. He's also the host of a, a podcast called Dear America. However, he is here in South Carolina. This is where he lives. He's going to challenge that rhino idiot, Tom Rice, who voted to impeach Trump, who happens to be a rhino alleged Republican. And here in, South, in the South, you got Republicans that are not really Republicans, they they just put an R behind their name so they can get elected, because at heart, they are Democrats. They are progressive socialists, communists.
5: That's what they
0: are. I, I'm, I, I, You can tell, I, I'm fired up today, fired up. And of course, Epic Times, Mark Tapscott is going to come on on his bi-monthly visit to us, followed by Heritage Foundation, oh, my favorite person over there. And I when I got the message that he's going to be coming on the show, I was like, Mom, Mom, you understand? Because I just love saying his name. It's so lyrical. Hans von Spakovsky. <laughs> anyway, we got ourselves a really great show lined up. But now, on a much more serious note, um, I was going to dedicate today's show to uh, – five Navy SEALs who earned the Medal of Honor. Some of them are still alive. But with what has gone on in the last couple of days, I changed it all. And today's dedication, we don't know their names, and we want their families to, to mourn and, and do what they need to do. Uh, for the 12 Marines and one Navy uh, Medical Corps member, That was senselessly murdered yesterday. The blood is on the hands of President Biden, Secretary of Defense Austin, and General Millie Vanilli. It is on their hands. So that is to whom today's show is being dedicated. And my friend Dave Bray sent this to me. He also sent it to all the people that follow his website Dave Bray, USA, you know him, he used to be the founder of Madison Rising, he's now a solo artist, and oh, he's he's so wonderful. I need to get him back on the show, I haven't talked to him in a little while. And Dave writes, as I pull up the dedication, today, there are 13 families who will be hearing these words on their front doorstep. We regret to inform you. 13 families whose lives will forever be changed. 13 families for the rest of their days on this earth will wake up feeling as if they've been punched in the gut. Sadly, the members of those 13 families will have to survive every single day for the rest of their lives, missing a piece of their souls and asking One question. Why? The answer to that question lies solely upon the shoulders of their commander-in-chief and his direct leadership and influence, both inside and outside of his administration. End of story. Out of respect for our fallen heroes and their families, I will leave my personal anger and political frustration about this situation and how it has has been handled out of this newsletter. Instead, on this day, I'd like to invite you to take a quiet moment to remember these brave members of our service and remember everyone deployed. Today's show is being dedicated To these 12 Marines and one Navy member who were senselessly killed, this could have been prevented. This should have been prevented. And to them, we dedicate this song by Dave Bray. It's a song he wrote a number of years ago and he has re-recorded. It is called Blood of heroes. Check out Day's Bray. Today's show is not just dedicated to just these military men and possibly women that were murdered yesterday, but it's also dedicated to everyone that has served as a first responder, be they law enforcement, firefighters, or emergency services, and to all of the brave men and women that have served from the birth of this nation through today and into our glorious future, may, long, may our flag wave. God bless each and every one.
2: Message. Your computer has been locked up. Your oh, IP address was used without your knowledge or consent to visit websites that contains identity theft virus. Uh, to unlock the computer, please call... Somehow support or other. Immediately. Please do not I attempt have, to shut down or restart your
0: computer. I've got something going on. I theft. have no idea. Computer- I have no idea what that was. Holy cow, Curtis. I... I, I- Something went a little haywire here. You with me, Curtis? Did I lose my co-host? Curtis, unmute yourself. Uh, Curtis, can you hear me? All right. Can anyone out there hear me? Curtis? Okay. I'm hoping that someone can hear me, that I did not get shut out. Okay, I... all right, well, we've got well we just lost Curtis. Curtis just dropped off. Hello, Benjamin J- Benjamin Smith. How are you today? <laughs> i'm
6: I'm okay. How are you? I'm just listening to the show. Um, do they know we're coming well, I... on, and you've got a good lineup, <laughs> and they're trying to get you off Is that that's what they
0: do. That's what they do. Um, Oh, man. You know, I actually was um, interviewing Matt Gerber, who happens to be an activist working to help the Gong in China. And we're in the midst of the broadcast and everything crashed. And I said, the only way it could happen at that moment in the midst of the interview is that China hacked into the system. And so I was broadcasting, talking bad about them. And crashed me. It wasn't the first time this had happened, <laughs> so yep. I'm on and the radar.
6: We laugh like it's a joke, but you know, it, it, being in 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 politics and stuff like this, and you know, what was it? Um, what was it a decade ago? Plus twelve, thirteen years ago. You know, I guess getting busy and you know, being in the movement and stuff like that. It, when um, you know, one of, one of your last presidents was in uh, power. You know, like observations they were surveilling us, you know whether it was uh you know agencies and all that type of stuff now with the uh, FOIA requests, we're finding out that was absolutely happening, so you can't uh you can't put it you can't put it away, yes, we laughed nervously, but uh you know that in you know today's time from then, you just zoom it up to now, everything we were saying is coming to fruition in the worst case scenario of what we were explaining and being called crazy for. So it's like, no, I mean, everyone just listening has to listen to their heart and their stomach and their gut, not what the news is telling you, do your research, do all that stuff, because the crazy stuff is happening and they're starting to see it on the news and things can't hide it anymore. We're falling apart.
0: No, Uh, matter of fact, I think you and I met, what was it, 11 years ago up in Myrtle Beach, and you were doing a fantastic speech, and a bunch of us were cheering, and I was watching some of the people leaving after you did your marvelous speech, which you sent me uh, last night to read again, Uh, and I said, yeah, this is what you talked about. This is exactly how we have been infiltrated, we have been hoodwinked, and we're asleep at the wheel, honestly. And you were calling this out. And I said, well, we've been asleep at the wheel for the last century and a half. They have been infiltrating our society little bit by little bit. And they, they do it in such small little ways that we really don't pay attention. We go, oh, yeah, right. They're fine. They're, they're woke. All right, they're little nuts. All right, fine. You always have a crazy Uncle Harry. So what? We keep on going on with our lives, raising our kids, mm-hmm. going to work, looking to see to have a nice retirement. Just get on and get along. What do we care what the heck mm-hmm. that nutcase is doing down the street? But that nutcase is not so nuts. They're really very sly and sneaky. And little bit by little bit they chip away to the point where now we have mask mandates vaccine mandates vaccine passports you name it our freedoms have been ripped asunder
6: yes and you you see the the opposing um what is it way of governance the good versus evil those types of things we have to take a step back and take a look at what's going on you could you could you know point to politicians and those people down the street but also look at, like, communism, evil, look at, like, the, the nature of Islam, those, those concepts, those theories, socialism, uh, communism, and fascism, and, um, you know, Sharia, those are basically the same governing principles of, you know, total ownership of everybody coming down. It's, it's basically like monarchic feudalism. Like, the person at the top is the representative of God on earth to tell you what to do, whether your life is forfeit or not. Anyway, those, those concepts and um, theories, they have the long game. They've been – like Islam has been around for 1,400 years, and then you've got all these other things that they're not, they're not looking two years ahead or four years ahead to an election. They're looking – we'll eventually do it. Look at China. China has been around yes. for – thousands of years our known time on this earth uh, like you know to samaria to how many thousands of years before christ they've been around and they have a long game they know they'll outlast us we only we we know wars by a couple of years we have no concept of the long game and they're playing the long game and we're being played like crazy and they know if they accept an idea they'll be those idiots down the street the useful idiots you know, Communist Manifest, you point them right out. If you do your research, all this stuff is just right in front of you. You understand. And they don't even understand what they're doing and what exactly they're fighting for. They're doing it with emotion. And when what the U.S. is based upon is our logic, our ability to take the emotion of the moment out of it and go about it smart and right, rightly and justly and evenly, you know the, the the good will come out, and the you know you will also separate the evil from it, and then you will deal with it from there. So it's it's such a big, long, broad uh, battle we're fighting, and of course, you know we're getting older. It's been a decade since we've known each other, and you you start looking back on things, and you just reflect each and every time. Like I read, um, what is it, uh, Gulag Archipelago, uh, once a year. And then, you know, I'm I'm revisiting uh, 1984, George Orwell, and um, uh, Algis Huxley with uh, Brave New World. Start reading those things again because if you do, all of a sudden, you know, you're updated with your experience because when we read them as kids, you didn't understand it as much. But now that you've seen the world and what's going on, you're going to go,
0: oh, my God, that's it? Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. even go back as the Chronicles of Narnia. C.S. Lewis foretold it. If you remember the rings that the children had to go through to get to the center, to heaven. Um, you can go mm-hmm. to Ayn Rand, Atlas Shrugged, or Fountainhead. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's mm-hmm. book after book after book that has predicted what we are going through. And I I actually... Fell into the Chronicles of Narnia when I was going to high school back in Richmond. Uh, anyway, and I keep <laughs> you, you like that one? Mm-hmm. I'm slightly older than you, son. <laughs> slightly older. Uh, but the oldest know, I've it, ever been. <laughs> oh, thanks. Really
6: appreciate that. No, <laughs> no, this is the oldest I've ever been. You too.
0: <laughs> I've earned all my gray hairs the hard way, anyway. Um, but uh, but if you go back, you know we've had authors throughout history. Um, I could even go to, um, oh geez, uh, uh, one of my favorite. Uh, they uh, wrote Don Quixote. Cervantes. Cervantes mm-hmm. was warning us about Islam. In The Man of La yep. He wrote about extensions. Matter of fact, he was a slave of Islam at one point. He was held captive and had to buy his freedom. So, you know...
6: Andalusia. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so, we have had this predicted for centuries, and we still are not listening. And I, I asked this of um, Catherine Gorka on our last show. And I said, isn't it I strange how has- <laughs> – yeah, she's a sweetheart. But um, I said, you know, isn't it strange? No one's really paying attention to China. Yet China has a 47-mile border with Afghanistan between mm-hmm. Pakistan and was it? Uh, Tajikistan, I believe is the, the other country. There's yes. a 47-mile border. Mm-hmm. So as the Taliban was just beginning their advances, China sent an envoy – to the Taliban to negotiate with them before they even conquered their first few territories. Now, isn't that mm-hmm. a little strange with these bridges and roads projects they have going on across the globe, in the Caribbean, in South America, in Africa, through areas of Asia and now spreading into Europe? Mm-hmm. Why did Italy have such an outbreak of the Wuhan virus? Because there were so many Chinese workers helping them, yeah. quote, economically.
6: Well, if, me if, a break. If you're, yeah,
0: if we're seeing
6: them there then, and you know you can see it now, they've been there for a long time. Look at what we did to Russia with the Taliban. What is China, our enemy you know in certain times, you know the enemy of your enemy is my friend, you know China's there, Russia's there, they've already got the inns, they've got the people, the know how, the terrain, the knowledge, the maps, all that type of stuff. it's all there, China. They teach their children, and the people in their population. Um, read Kissinger on China. It's it's like a it's 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 over. It's like 2,000 pages, but it's big and it like explains so much and what they've been doing for generations, just kind of getting people ready to be the the, the power in the world. And well, we need to understand with go.
0: Well, well I, I, I pulled up a picture that was on your Facebook page. It's something, that a map that you had outlined on showing Afghanistan, mm. Iran, and Iraq and how you can link the three of them that, which also touches upon China and also you have the mm-hmm. start of the world caliphate. Now isn't China's intention is to dominate the world and if they could use Islam against itself to dominate the world, you outline it in the map so perfectly. So those that are looking over on Facebook, on the video there, as well as on YouTube, take a really good look at this map that uh, Benjamin Smith had put up on his page, and it really explains. That was on my phone
6: (laughs) in the conversation. Oh, that was cool. So
0: I've got the map up right now on on the video, because even though I can't do the video through this BS, um, I am able to to restream to, so actually we have oh. like a little bit of a, uh, what do you call? Okay, it? I'm pulling uh, them up. <laughs> well, it's a revolving photo of you and all the other pictures that you you gave me. Um, oh, so geez, I, I, I
6: told you to just pick one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> um, okay. Well, actually, so my it, favorite <laughs> one was the baby. Your your son on on your back and the look on your son's face. I wanted to put a caption on that picture so badly, but I didn't. Going, oops! Don't tell Dad I just peed. It's, uh,
6: actually it's it's, it's, it's it's actually it's actually a
4: girl, but uh, you know. It's,
0: <laughs>
6: No, that's that's my daughter. She's she's amazing.
5: Um, yeah,
0: well, the look the look on her face. Just, I was. If anything, if anyone could put a caption, don't tell dad I just peed.
6: Yeah, she's a living meme. Oh my god, I'll, I'll I'll send you more of them. But there's there's one of the pictures has Iran, um, and and this whole Afghanistan thing, and I know that's what we're going we're supposed to be talking about. But there's there's such a bigger broad rush that we have to pull back and take a look at big pictures redefine things because our history our reality is being um redefined as we speak you know we were against uh islam in the united states because we were wearing masks they pull down statues and destroy history and all that type of stuff and are we not now doing that wearing masks pulling down our uh statues and ruining our history the history onyx. So, and that's Communist Manifesto as well. So, like, have we not become the Taliban's, um, you know, slave now? True. But one of those pictures, you have um, Iraq, Iran, and Afghanistan right next to each other. It's a close-up. And Iraq was on one side of Iran. Afghanistan was on the other side, you know, and they're basically touching former Soviet Union, and they're touching China and all that type of stuff. And that puts us in a region of the world. And yes, it's unsettled. That's why it's good, because if we're not there, somebody else is going to be there, and now obviously China is going to be there, and Russia and Iran. Um, But looking at all of this, the Middle East there, and if you go into older history books, the Middle East is known as the crossroads of the world. If you are any global power that is out there, if you're china or if you're russia and you need to get to africa or europe or scandinavia or you know india you have to go at some point through that part of the world it is makes all those continents come together and it's basically a crossroads and you've got you know all of the the uh what is it mines the uh minerals and
0: all yeah. the types of the, stuff the, the precious yeah.
6: in yeah. africa well
0: Yes. yes. Ben, let me Go. bring on um, our other guest. I told you who's going to be coming on with you, Lieutenant Colonel yes. Sargis Sagari, uh, who is the CEO of the Near East Center for Strategic Engagement, uh, U.S. Army Special Operations. Sargis, welcome back to the show. It's been a while. Welcome back. We've got Benjamin Smith, a former Navy SEAL, with us. Uh, so, boy. Uh, have we stepped into it today? Have we not, sir?
3: Well, we have. First
7: of all, uh, it's good to be here, and Ben is uh, good to meet you, buddy.
6: Uh,
7: it's a reality, and as Ben was saying, you know, uh, there's strategic implications within that region. Uh, you know, with that said, our prayers go to the uh, families of our servicemen who died, because right now they could care less about the strategic implications of what happens within the region. They're, you know, grieving because they want to make sure that the sacrifice of their young men actually uh, uh, was for good reason or good cause. And I'm hoping that it is going to be mm-hmm. for saving Americans. that are still stuck
0: out there. There's a lot still stuck out there. And uh, I, I I had to bite down the bile when I watched our commander-in-chief and then his press agents coming in right after him to do a mop-up. <sighs> And just if, if, if any time we needed a President Trump back in that White House, it would it'd be today. But I, and I was so angry, so I'm screaming at the TV. And my poor mom, she's doing the same thing. She's 89 years old. And she's yelling at the TV, yelling at the idiots. Uh, but th- this is needless. We had, uh, Lieutenant Colonel, we had a plan in place. There was a contingency and a crisis plan. As a matter of fact, there was also a group that worked with the Crisis Bureau called um, MedOp that quietly had been throughout the entire world going in into very, very precarious situations and rescuing Americans. This is what their job was, to get us out of places where it was about ready to explode before the explosion hit. And President Biden just turned around and tossed it right out the window. It makes no sense to me, sir.
7: Well, it makes no sense to you. It makes sense to them. That's the that's, whole that's uh, crux of it, right? And they have a plan in their head. Uh, and uh, they're trying to execute that plan to the best of their ability for themselves. Uh, right now, it's more of optics than anything else. Otherwise, you know, I could go through a list of how the bureaucracy is just incompetent from one end of the uh, spectrum to another. But uh, uh, right now, we got to get our Americans out of there. Just uh, Yesterday, we were trying to get some of our folks out. A friend of mine just last night at 30 people he was try- uh, trying to get out. The problem was they came around the corner, Taliban's going door, door- to door. They ended up tossing all their documentations in a nearby well uh, because they didn't want to be captured with the items on them. And now they don't even have the documentations mm-hmm. to be able to get through their uh, gates. So, I mean, what do you expect? What are we going to do? Tell them to basically negotiate through tribal lands on your own with no money in your pockets uh, and try to hopefully cross across a border of another sovereign nation without getting shot and possibly try to make it back in mm-hmm. the States. That's, that's where we are right now.
0: Ben,
6: go ahead. With, 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 with all of this stuff that's going on, uh, I mean, you know, you go back to the Obama administration, which was arguably, you know, Biden administration, you have to say now, as worthless as, as he is, you know. Um, I see all the politicians and you have like veteran politicians up there saying stuff and, you know, everybody's all gung ho. But how come there's nobody saying what really is? And, and I'm I'm talking to you know spec op guys who aren't out there in politics. I'm talking to um, you know normal Americans. And it, do we know the the uh, the definition of treason as it's defined in the Constitution of the United States? It's 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 Section three, Article three, Section three. Clause one, and I just I just want to like I'll, I'll read it real quick here, but it's simple. It says treason against the United States that consists only in the levying of war, of uh, levying of war against them, or in adhering to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort. That yep. right there, yeah. It's 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 we just gave a a country now owned by our sworn enemy that, you know, we look at the history. I don't need to explain it. We just gave them how many Black Hawk helicopters, how many night vision. We don't own the night anymore. Weapons, ammunition, explosives. Um, you know, what kind of intelligence, the names of everybody who in that country helped us. Is that not high treason? Like, yeah. how come nobody is saying that? You point at that person and you call it out. Say it what it is. It's absolutely that. I mean, you, it, it's horrible. And you've got like, what was it? Um, you've got Obama putting, what is it, $170 billion? Was it, it was a billion, right? Not a million, on the tarmac in Iran for them to have and what did they do with it they're not our friends they scream death to america you've got benghazi where the, where were those weapons going they were going to the, the rebels in syria were they on our side probably not you know what i mean there's no. there's and there's proof of all this who it goes to it's there they're not we have to be able to say with the people up there they say they're making bad decisions they're making bad they don't know it's like no at a point you gotta wait a second you know exactly what you're doing. And what are we doing against it? Nothing. We're, it's hope. Hope that the hero we want comes along, whether it's in a movie or whatever, but nothing's going to happen. And, and this is the objective of the left or the, the um, what is it, socialism, communism. They understand this, whether it's Islam, you know, Dawah. But they understand that If they get us to decide that there is an enemy, we will win. We will beat them. We always have. Hirohito was like, I'm not attacking there. There's a rifle behind every blade of grass. So they have to keep us in indecision, confusion. And so whereas we still think, oh, no, we'll get it. We'll understand it. We're not going to all of a sudden go hardcore. But as long as we've got refrigerators, air conditioning, and our children aren't starving or dying, we will do nothing. We will look at two years ahead or four years ahead at max and look to vote. Now our voting's going away. Our our you know there's censorship. Our freedoms and you know now they're going to be trying to vaccinate us all because you're getting rid of a control mechanism in a in a experiment. If they get rid of that, now they can label it as anything they want, and everybody's got to get it from now on. It's it's just. It's huge. How come nobody's saying treason? That was my point. I got off the
5: point there. I apologize. <laughs> I I would say, I would say, Mrs. The co-host. I would say that our leaders that we sent to um, Washington, they don't have the will. They don't have the backbone to stand up. I mean, when you think about what happened in the last um, four years with uh, um, Trump's presidency, um, they didn't have the will to go after the people who were obviously in cahoots and, and committing treason against this country and trying to um, overthrow this, this legitimate president. So if they didn't have the will mm-hmm. to do that. You know, I can't see them having the will to um, stand up to this administration. I'm talking about our Republican leadership and any and other Second patriots. Amendment. Um, um, even the they side, mm-hmm. you know, they don't have, they don't have the will.
0: No, they don't. <laughs> Lieutenant Colonel Bennett said something important, though, because if you think back through the presidencies, every time it's a Democrat in office, it's a major debacle. Under Carter, you had the Iran hostage crisis, 52 hostages held for 444 days, only released hours after Reagan was sworn in as president. Uh, with, under Clinton, there was Mogadishu. Everyone will remember the Mogadishu Mile with the Black Hawk down. Under Obama, mm-hmm. not only was it Black Hawk Down, where American service members, as well as Afghan special operation members, were murdered. in that, in giving up the, the, the location of that plane, all of a sudden, everything got changed last minute. Very strange, very strange, with the Black Hawk Down. And then you also had Benghazi, with Chris Stevens, Ambassador Stevens, and other members' special uh, detail, that were also all murdered mm-hmm. in Benghazi. I mean, it, it, what is it with, with these Democrats that they don't have the cojones to defend these United States?
7: Well, look, uh, the problem is um, is almost like yelling at a two-year-old and saying, why are you doing what you're doing? Well, if the two-year-old has no clue, they are who they are. You've raised a group of politicians in what I am in Chicago, the Democratic machine, that has gone national, a corrupt, incapable organization that only knows how to use money to either put people on the payroll to be slaves for them or be able to be a slave for others because it needs to chase money. So when you take this group of individuals and you put them on the national stage, all they can do is fall back to how they do business. But they try to do it at the international level with others. So, you know, if the issue was that... Congress was going to be happy because we were going to clear 1.5 billion dollars annually of the functional budget 150 dollars that you're spending down the range, or we're going to bring it back. Well you're giving money to the Taliban. So you're funneling money into their pockets. If you don't funnel it into the pockets directly, you're going to turn around and launder that money, either through USA or NGOs now that have to try to fight for women issues or through China. In these case Chinese companies that means you're gonna to have to take more of your intellectual property that you have committed to supporting Chinese causes in the long run funnel that money through uh, either Taiwan through even US companies like TSMC as an example which is a backdoor that was used to steal of F-35 technology in order to be able to prop up a fake government that you're going to be able to say my diplomats are working with Look, these individuals could be killed in a few minutes uh, you had the conditions fed by the previous administration and before Trump went in to even negotiate he basically said to them I know where you live I know where your families are I know where your villages are and I have the ability to eradicate you now with that said if you want to negotiate let's go negotiate. Here, here. The 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 yes. other piece that he did that a lot of people don't understand is he used economics and politics in a way that most regular folks within the bureaucratic systems don't understand he put uh, uh, sanctions on Iran he came out of the deal but he kept the port of Char in the Persian Gulf open and allowed our strategic partner India to build that port for the Iranians for future ability of Iran to do economic deals when he did that, he countered China's ability to build ports all the way from Burma into Pakistan and uh, having a $60 billion you know, uh, project, uh, rebuilding construction projects with the Pakistan government for the region. It was almost like a Marshall Plan. He built a railhead. A lot of rail help to be built between from of Chabahar to Afghanistan, which put pressure on Pakistan to force the Taliban to come to the table to negotiate that 's how he brought him to Doha. The problem is two days ago you got Secretary blinken standing up saying well we 're going to use whatever we can, our political power our economic power to deal with the situation to make sure Americans are safe which in his in his term means we're going to pay the Taliban, which I had put it mm-hmm. on my site a week ago that that's what they were planning on doing. So this is the problem. You've got individuals who only know how to use money and they don't understand how else to be able to operationalize the will of the American people. Because at the end of it, if you kind of break down to it, as we say in Washington when he talks, BS walks, when you have been trained to be a high-paid prostitute for cash, in political party organizations that's the only way you think the other side thinks and these individuals don't
0: man it looks like we got ben just dropped off so hopefully he'll dial back in but you know um we we think short term like ben was saying we only know how to think short term uh they think long term long game you know they they are in there For the next 100 years, 200 years, they're planning generations ahead. We're thinking just the next step forward, and that's as far as we go. And while we're just not paying attention, China has been influencing the whole region over there. At the same time, they have been buying up America. If you were to look at Mm -hmm. a lighted map of how many pieces of property – That China owns. Uh, They own Smithfield uh, meats. Uh, How many large companies like Smithfield do they own and control? So they have control of our our food. They have control of various other supply areas in our market. Look what happened with us with the PPEs, the personal protection equipment. You know, uh, all of a sudden you couldn't find gloves or masks or anything like that. You know, everything was coming out of China with the manufacturing. Uh, Then you turn around and look at the ports they own, the other properties that they own. And now as they build new housing developments in the rural areas, they're scooping them up. So now when Mm -hmm. you go to get a house in that little local suburban area... It's actually owned by the Chinese Communist Party, who will rent it to you and control your life by controlling where you live and how you live. It's so it, they're so inseparate within our society, not just in businesses and property. But within the political environment, our education, the Confucius schools, uh, the other influences on higher education, controlling school boards and curriculum, and Mm -hmm. then influence into politics. Can we say Mitch McConnell and his shipping empire? But not very many people are talking about this. And we are slowly being conquered. And we're asleep at the wheel.:
6: Yeah, um, I'm going to dovetail into that. Um, and you see what's going on right now. We're separated, and they've got us at each other's throats. They don't want to go to war with us yet, whether it's whether it's China, whether it's uh, you know, um, Muslim Brother Iqwan, United States or the Communist Party in the United States. But historically, th- this, is, this is looking into you know, the, the, the near future. Even going back to the Civil War for us, there was Communist Manifesto type of things. But before each big war, we were always at each other's throats, and it was you know a conservative versus a uh, leftist type of view, as we kind of see it happening now. And with conservatives... Um, we'll separate almost to the point where we, we're at each other's throats and there's violence. The Cold Civil War goes to Civil War. And right, af, right in those times, they would have a war would happen within the United States and they know we, conservatives or Americans, will sacrifice and you know what? Okay, we have to come together to head this fight. I mean, Spanish, Ameri- uh, Spanish American, you've got... Um, uh, World War I with uh, Woodrow Wilson. You've got World War II, same thing with, um, with, with uh, Roosevelt. At, and, you know, yeah. all the other stuff. You've got Vietnam at the same thing. And then it's declared, it happens, and then we kind of capitulate and have to win. We've got to go more towards them because they don't come to us. So therefore, the goalpost of America is so far left that are we not already a socialist communist country? Is our Bill of Rights even there anymore? And, you know, in this, looking forward, because you see the news in the world starting to, uh, the narrative that we're getting, you're seeing it amplify each time to take the mind of the um, person imbibing all of this you have to take them each time to another level to take them off of the other high level that you just had them at um you know you could take all the things in the past uh what year um and then you could even look at it in, in through history like what the the january 6th is basically 1933 reichstag fire these people repeat all their things over and over again and that's how hitler got to power but um you know looking forward how do they start, how do they hit us now, hit us harder to divide us even more to make better stories? They're, they're doing this intentionally to us. I mean, and then just a real quick um, prediction, how long before you think, and looking at history, how long before we are actually in World War Three? China comes across, hits Taiwan, Russia, and you know, this is the whole Middle East thing again, now that we don't have a foothold there, Russia's only warm water port is in Tartus, Syria, and otherwise they've got to go through NATO country, Turkey, um, you know, Antioch and stuff like that. Russia's basically a landlocked country. I think we'll be in world war within one to two years, and then there's got to be something really big happening, something cataclysmic, maybe another virus. Who knows? Maybe a, a nuke detonation, not a, not a missile but something to just totally blow everything apart. And all of this is to separate us from the rest of the world and the rest of the world from us so they can just swallow it up and then we will just go away. We don't go from first to second in global things. The world powers never has. You go from top to bottom fast and hard.
0: I hope hope that... I hope that doesn't happen, but Lieutenant Colonel, are you seeing something similar along those lines too? Because I I feel there's something boiling, something's going to explode soon. I think this is just the preamble to it, but um, I fear in my lifetime I'm going to see horrific things happening. I don't know. Are you seeing something coming forward?
7: Well, look, when you're not in control of your own destiny, anything can be done to you, especially if you're negotiating from a position of weakness. Right now, U.S. is not strong. Uh, I mean, look, uh, think about it. Uh, The Central Intelligence Agency lead goes to down and talks to the Taliban, a tribal group that is a terrorist group that kills people. And uh, a few days later, they kill American soldiers at a gate. From a Middle Eastern sense, they basically spit in your face. Okay, what are you going to do about it, uh, CIA chief? Where are you are going to do clandestine operations? I mean, look, there's a reason why we used to use <laughs> the term uh, sometimes clowns in action, okay, instead of uh, Central Intelligence mm-hmm. Agency. So if your CIA is incapable and they're spitting in the director's face, your Department of State cannot get people out. All they have to do is a five-page memo. They have to do a five-page memo with the surrounding countries to say, here, you know what? Here's a timeline we have. Here's how many people we need to be able to process to SIV process. Is it possible for us to be able to bring them here, put them in temporary refugee status for us to process them? And you can't even do that. And speaking of China, when you failed your mission as a Department of State in uh, Afghanistan, you still keep on failing it. Department of Defense, when you're allowing the President of the United States, the Commander-in-Chief, and you're going along with the Americans on the battlefield. And not one of you generals has gone in and said, you know what, you leave people on the battlefield. Here's my resignation. Uh, You know, go deal with this as far as your optics are concerned for the next election. You had uh, Kamala Harris going down to uh, uh, Vietnam. Uh, She had made a promise that we were going to send vaccines to the people of Vietnam before I even get there. The only reason why her trip was delayed wasn't because of some kind of a... Uh, illness that she had, it was because the vaccines had not gotten there because the bureaucracy hadn't been able to get them there for her to meet the requirements of her word. What does China do? China comes in and puts three times more than what she and the U.S. was going to give to the Vietnamese day prior to our stuff arriving and saying, here you go for free. Now, if I'm in Vietnam and I'm looking at the debacle in uh, Kabul, the fact that American government is going to leave americans behind to be butchered by terrorists the fact that they're laundering money into their hands the fact that they just spit in the face of the cia and you're not doing anything about it and you camilla harris your bureaucracy can't even get any shots for me as far as the vaccines and the chinese are giving them to me three times bold what do you expect me to do come over two two oceans away and be friends with you or be friends with somebody who's sitting there who could in two seconds or eradicate me if I want to. Of course I'm going to be friends with them. The United States is not functioning because the bureaucrats are trying to run this operation from the highest levels. At the ground level, the guys on the ground, even from the State Department, have a list of people that had to be pulled out that does not even match the list that the, Depart- the State Department has. Why? Because they have to operate under their own bureaucratic processes their problem was they didn't like the previous POTUS because he looked at it and said, you know what, screw you guys, I'm not gonna wait for this, I'm gonna do it this way. They didn't appreciate that, they didn't like it, it didn't meet the requirements of the regulations they had developed for themselves and the legal processes. But when you give it on the extreme like Biden does for them to run it, this is what you get. Absolute incompetence across the board. So this is the reason why nobody trusts in the United States. And if nobody does, then, yes, it is very possible that it's going to be a more violent world. Afghanistan is not going to get into a civil war, folks. The way it's going now, Afghanistan is going to implode on itself. That's what's going to happen. And uh, when you have, we had the last figures, that maybe 3,000 to 6,000 foreign fighters in the region, Uh, even the UN is saying that number could be up close to 8,000. Iran is feeding oil to the Taliban. And guess who's driving those oil trucks? Remember, it's ISIS-K, ISIS-Khorasan. Khorasan, Khorasan, even, believe it or not, has a lot of Kurdish folks in it. The oil tankers Uh are being driven from Kurdish north by the Kurds through Iran, supporting the Iranian economy into the hands of the Taliban. That means that terrorists are also coming back the other way, to include refugees who are being trucked into Turkey, who's going to take those people, use them for money to hold... Your hostage, again, there's so many immigrants right now that have been pushed into Europe, you're probably going to sink if they add any more into it. That's how bad has become. And the problem we have is the same problem we have on our southern borders. The people who rushed the gates were able to get on the aircraft, who had never worked with the Americans, a lot of them, and made it to United States, and these are areas that we're holding them, and we're probably not going to send them back. The guy who did it the right way worked for us, went through the SIV process, is stuck back there. And it is not his fault because State Department, you were still issuing visas past the deadline that you had that we were going to be leaving. So if I'm a rational thinking person and I'm looking at the State Department site and it doesn't say that we're not going to issue any more visas because they're pulling out and the only thing you have in there is that we don't recommend your child to... Afghanistan because of COVID, the same thing you're saying we don't recommend you transfer,
5: you know, go ahead
7: and travel to Italy because of COVID. How do you expect me to be prepared? I'm gonna go based off what signals you're sending. We gave weapons and systems to these people and I think a reasonable person should be able to ask, did we do this on purpose? Because the level of incompetence is just beyond belief. And someone yes. has to be able to in post-mortem ask those questions in these congressional hearings last month i went to dc when we realized a day after that we had left equipment there i delivered message to whoever i could in the congressional side and say go get the stuff we're in trouble and that but that's all i could do from where i am i can only reach and give advice unfortunately you got people that are sitting are getting paid six figures and they're never going to get fired. They're going to go get another job, and they're car carrying, and yep. they go for a particular political party. And this will continue to burn this nation to a core.
0: Yeah. Well, I, um, I just
7: think...
6: to that. Oops, I'm sorry. Okay. okay. Go ahead, Ben. Go ahead, Ben. Uh, just real quick, kind of like like you're saying, it's it's called Hanlon's Razor. I'm I'm proposing the exact opposite. Uh, Hanlon's Razor is, don't assume malice. When incompetence will do, uh, type is, and that's just one of those things. But I think it's in these types of things the strategy is just the opposite. You know, we're assuming stupid, and you don't know when mm, th- th- you look at it. They absolutely know what they're doing. So, um, I they have
0: to. I be. I, I, you I can't
6: explain. They,
0: no, you you can't reach this level of stupidity. Without some intelligence driving it, you know, so they're saying, well, we've got these blissful idiots. Let's feed them this information. Let's steer them down this Mm -hmm. road and we will get the end result we desire, which is the downfall of these United States. They want to take any world power we've had away from us. And once they do that, once they degrade us to that point where we no longer have any influence, then they take down the rest of the United States. And they have been chipping at yes. us bit by bit, piece by piece. Yes. Now, when everyone in Congress, if you notice, most of the congressmen and women were out there trying to help their constituents get out of Afghanistan and back to the United States or help the Terps come out or any others that help you know, us in this mm-hmm. fight, to help bring them here. They're working hard. But what does Nancy Pelosi do? Behind everyone's back, when no one is looking, she passes two of the world's worst bills that violate the Constitution on every level. The uh, $3.5 3. 3. infrastructure budget, as well as the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, which is just another version of the We the People Act, or we're not for the People mm-hmm. Act, as I call it, that Voting Rights Act that just removes any state's right to control their elections again in direct violation of the Constitution. So she just tore the Constitution completely apart as quickly as she tore up Trump's inaugural address.
6: Could a lot of this be hiding you know some of the voting tallies that and most of the states are trying to go into uh you know forensic audits and stuff like that you know like what what is this hiding every story is trying to hide another story these days and not long afterwards you find out the stories are crap i mean you know this is this is true and this is there and this is hardcore but everything over the past year has been trying to hide the ineptitude or the evil of what's being inflicted upon us and we're swallowing and we're accepting because we're glued to the television or the narrative.
0: Well, Lieutenant Colonel, this is this is something I find that people, if it's not given to them in 15 or 20 seconds sound bites, they're not going to pay attention. Uh, at one point in time when you heard something on the news, you'd sit down and you pick up a newspaper or you go to the library and you you do your research. You you had critical thinking where we just didn't Mm -hmm. swallow whatever was being tossed at us. But in today's day and age, if it's not in 144 characters or less, no one's paying attention. You're more concerned about how many friends are following you on TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, or whatever the – Flavor of the month is in social media and why anyone is on tiktok for the life of me i have no friggin idea because the communist party controls it uh, you, i'm i'm on a tear today i swear colonel i am on a tear <laughs> you're hot, you're um, hot i think
5: i think um, covid could be a smokescreen um in so many ways because think about it it's 27 non-stop covid covid so while everybody's focused mm-hmm. on covid they're doing other things.
6: Also, and a that's, weapon.
5: That's my spiel. By the Chinese. Yes. Yep.
6: Colonel, now look.
5: Uh, oh, well, uh, I, I would call that. I would call that biological warfare that they committed.
6: Yes. um mm. with that, you know, when Trump was Trump was president and coming almost open source, um, you know, you've got you've got Muslim Brotherhood in in Congress, um, you've got chinese um espionage at the highest level of the government the number three in 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 line to the president um you've got uh you know congressmen with with uh chinese spies there and then in the intelligence committee and stuff like that things that we know of almost why why couldn't trump has said okay lock it down stop you know and that they're right next to me in the halls of our our governance and then you start rooting it out and with what's going on now you don't think how long from now are they going to try to call it down do do, a martial law and try to shut this thing down turn the lights off on us you know why ah, i'm sorry
0: well they they They've already tried that, haven't they, not, Lieutenant Colonel, after the alleged yes. January 6th insurgency. Didn't they lock down the Capitol? They put a, a chain-link fence around it so we the people could not get to our representatives, which, by the way, was, again, unconstitutional.
2: Mm-hmm.
7: Well, you, you still have a hard time getting to them. Even last month when I went to Sinan because I wanted to warn our folks not only because my team was there to brief on china we we're going to be briefing on what happened with these uh, weapons i mean you have to get approval you have to get a meeting set up you have to show id uh, and a lot of people don't want to go through that whole uh, ghost screw just to be able to get in to say hello to one of their reps and not knowing if anything's going to happen um, technically even under what we're dealing with they're still sticking to the old schedule where you have uh, Congress probably not being in full sessions until uh, middle to late September. I think September 23rd is when they all come together at the same time. So, look, the, the, the systems aren't working. The people who are running it are not working. But to an extent, it's our fault as voters, too, right? Like I said, I'm here mm-hmm. in Chicago, Illinois, and I, uh, you know, I ran as a Republican and against a minority whip here. I had $43,000 in my coffers. Now, the GOP in Illinois did not have my name and the name of out of 89 folks that were running from the GOP side for office, they had a name of maybe a handful of folks there. Uh, I was on an Antifa site (laughs) with a full breakdown of my political views because they had done their research on me. And I wasn't there. Why? Because I was, I was. because when I was in Syria, uh, when we were running the Syrian army force structures in 2014 to 2017, fighting against ISIS, uh, at that time, one of my commanders was ambushed uh, by the YPG Kurds, which we were funneling money to from the U.S. side. Um, Antifa U.S. and Antifa uh, Europe were on the ground at the time he was killed. So I had a personal want and desire as to why is an Antifa flag flying next to the you know YPG flag, uh, which killed one of my commanders? Uh, but the GOP didn't have it on they their too. website. Yeah they, yeah, they didn't have my name on their website. Now, I, when I tried to raise money internally here, they tried to funnel the money that I was trying to raise to other districts that they thought they could win. Well, with $43,000 yeah. in coffers, I got up to 107,818 votes. There's 40 to 50,000 that still we're looking at, which probably if we count the votes right, uh, you know, going back to doing the audit, you're looking at 150,000 votes. So the want, wanted desire was there to change this garbage that is burning a hole in Illinois. You know, Illinois has more uh, actual natural gas than Saudi Arabia has oil, uh, but uh, we're in the, uh, in the tank. Uh, you have to go in, as I told folks there, uh, you have to vote an entire political party out. You get a straight line ticket or just vote. Don't vote for anybody, but make sure that uh, your vote is not stolen. Uh, because, look, as I told a Democratic friend of mine here who's like, well, you know, we have some good people in the Democratic Party. I said, yeah, there were good people in Germany, but they still burn the juice or crisp in the ovens. You get to break mm. this thing. This machine that was taken out of Illinois and was put on a national sk- uh, stage for the first time in 2020 is what did us in. Uh, as far as the COVID is concerned, when you have, um, you know, newspapers, social media that is not allowing you to be able to get the word out. Uh, I was in mm-hmm. uh, Korea in December of 2019, looking at what is coming out of Asia to do a regional assessment. I came back and I was sick as a dog. I wrote my article on uh, COVID uh, in January of 2020 uh, before even uh, you know uh, chief of mission and out of China had pulled their thousand of our folks out from the State Department I could not get the newspapers I had written for here in Chicago published it after 12 iterations thank God the local newspaper said you know what uh, Colonel can't do it we're under a lot of stress you could take it somewhere else and I took it to Japan forward and I actually gave it to them uh, it got published in Japan Forward in uh, April 3rd, I think it was, of uh, uh, 2020 uh, because we knew that Japan was going to go through a lockdown. Uh, it, it's the, Look, it's, it's what we're dealing with. We are dealing with a Chinese uh, Communist Party that controls really uh, its 80 families and they have tentacles everywhere. Their information operation is better than our capability. We have congressional uh-huh, uh-huh. folks that just are not capable, they're distracted. Even today, I'm very disappointed that the uh, uh, congressional representatives on both sides of the aisle, and we have some special forces. We even have Navy SEALs in there. Uh, They should be all right now, Democrat-Republicans standing on the stairs of the uh, uh, Congress together saying, we are not going to leave here. We're going to stay here all night, all morning, and this is what, until she comes and opens up the door so we can have a debate on, are we going to pull out and leave Americans there or not? They should be doing that. Yep. not just going yes. individually yes. on the air and talking. Uh, it's It mind boggles me when they put a political patch on, they go brain dead, and they completely lose yes. focus of what needs to be done.
0: We have yeah, to make their lives efficient. as uncomfortable as ours. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, it's funny because, uh, Lieutenant Colonel, you were talking about, you know, back in 2019, he came back sick as a dog. I had friends of mine, that were serving as missionaries in the Wuhan province, right about where it broke out. And they were telling us back in October, the end of September, October, that something was happening and telling us to prepare. And I started actually sewing my own masks uh, back in November, December. So, you know, my household, I'm not a what do you call it, a conspiracy uh, theory person. Uh, But I do like to be prepared because I do live in a hurricane area. So, you know, you always have to make sure the generators are primed, you've got water, you've got extra food, you've got first aid, whatever. So we were prepared, but our government was not. And, again, we're asleep at the wheel. We're, We're always batting at the next shiny thing instead of, Focusing on what is important and looking into the future, not the near future, but the far future. Well, the system is
7: designed that way, right? Uh, the system's designed that way. Look, if I had won my uh, my uh, my office on November 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 third or November fifth, I'm starting to uh, lose my focus uh, <laughs> on last year. But you know, the first Tuesday of the uh, month in November when we voted. If I had one office then, I would have had to have my entire calendar already ready to go uh, for January. There's a lot of congressmen who walked in in January where they go to what is a farm and the Republican-Democratic side of the House, uh, the leadership says, these are the things we're going to work in this 117th Congress. Uh, I had to have my calendar ready. A lot of the people went there not even having a calendar ready. And the money that they raised from their election, if they were short in the coffers, would have to sustain them through the entire process of them and processing. Now, when they were meeting in January to try to actually get into their offices to turn on the computers, uh, guess what, uh, the, me being in the opposition party, we're already meeting in middle of January talking about who would be running for the 2022 election, and if somebody decided that they were going to run, then guess what? They would have to file their paperwork and have first quarter filings by March of uh, this particular year, 2021. So here I am, a fresh, new, brand new Congressperson. I just went to, uh, you know, Congress. I don't have any money in the pocket. I have special interests not chasing me because they know that I'm in Congress, so I, they're trying to break deals with me for possibility of what bills they want to pass for their lobby interests. I have the leadership of my party on both sides of the house saying, here's the things we're going to work on. I go ahead and tell your party leader that, well, I don't want to work on this thing. I'm going to be on this committee. And they're going to say, that's fine. Nothing will pass. We're not going to allow any of your stuff get through committee. Now, by February, maybe you have an understanding of uh, what uh, Congress might want to do. In the first half of the calendar, which ends in August, you might be able to pull a bill. Guess what? If the Democrats control the House or the Senate, you're not getting anything through. If the Republicans control it and you're on the other side of the aisle, you're not getting anything through. And your opposition, who wants to run against you, has already raised the first quarter filing in March of that year. Now, whatever it is might be allocated, or I should say uh, authorized, in the first half of the calendar, you may not have the monies allocated for the second half of the calendar. So you may have passed a small bill that you run around to your constituents and say, "Look, what I did in the first six months I was in office," but there's no money that is funded for that particular project. Then you go on a uh, August recess. Then it's September 3rd of the fol- following year, less than six months after you've been in office. Guess what? You have to file your paperwork. You have to get people to collect signatures to get on the ballot in November in order to be able to run for in a primary in March of the following year, which in this case, an open primary opposition party is going to offices, no gonna run somebody against you. And then in order to win a general election in 2022. And you have to raise money during this time. Do you think these people actually are thinking about the strategic implications of what the hell China is doing when it comes to our companies? Do you think these people have that no. concept? Our nation is burning. The two-party system has destroyed it because they don't understand how to work, and your bureaucrats are not being trained right, at least in the military. We used to say for guys like Ben, the special operators, had to prove their worth on the battlefield. When the regular army wasn't really at war, wasn't fighting, it became more of a zero-mistake-tolerance army, and they were more interested about how to had the OERs when they went to fight the whale gap in the uh, National Training Center, well, at least the special operators on the battlefield constantly because they were using, you knew who was good, who wasn't. We, don't, we didn't have yep. that ability in, in the regular army. And the regular army ended up becoming nothing more than appointing people based on how well they could play the politics to get to the next level rather than anything else. And when you have the commanders, when you have the admirals in the Navy right now, sitting and talking about bringing back
2: the
7: uh, photos of how we promote. You're basically saying, I'm going to promote based on race. Your institutions have been broken. state broken. Department of Defense broken. CIA doesn't even have teeth anymore to be able to be that functioning ability to go out and put a round in somebody's head. When you have destroyed all these things and you have a system that doesn't work well within the political party realms and how the two sides actually work, you have corruption inherent in everything. What are you expecting from this nation? You're going to yep. get what you get from the
6: Americans on the ground to die. I've, I've done a, a lot of work in, in restructures. And, you know, you've got to go in, figure it out, see what's going on. And, you know, kind of what's happening with our country um, is, is the same thing that happened to corporations when they start not having either the competition – or have bad leadership, the guns start being, instead of being pointing out towards opposition or, or competition, they start pointing inwards, and you start you know, needling everybody within your, within your company, within your country, because I was there in Iraq with the leadership and stuff like that around them with the Deputy Prime Minister while they were you know, writing the Constitution and elections, and then to see it here, and the way it's devolving it's the same thing the way companies fall the way now countries fall it's the the guns start pointing themselves inward and it's a circular firing squad they start like nitpicking and you know now they're watching you with cameras you know put in and all that type of stuff it's it's this it's just a a a a, it's a human human thing um, oh, Dave Brady sent me a text. He said he'll be on it any time with you. Yes, it is 1984.
0: Yeah, it is 1984. You know, Big Brother is now watching us. And if you think about that, um, I had gone up for Trump's inauguration. Uh, we were about three blocks behind the Capitol. It was beautiful.
5: Um, oh, but
0: the, but the, um, the apartment we had rented, they had the Alexa in it. And we were clowning around joking Mm -hmm. that it's got to be listening to everything we say and do. But that is the truth. It does. And Mm -hmm. somewhere along the way, it uploads into the cloud, and someone at Google has access to whatever was going on in that apartment while we were there. And you think about all these Mm -hmm. smart devices we now have, washers, refrigerators. Mm -hmm. You walk up to the refrigerator, and you say a couple of words, and all of a sudden you can see everything that's inside your refrigerator, and I'll tell you your grocery list. Oh, please. We have become Mm -hmm. so dependent upon the new technology, we forget how to survive on our own. Something that you and the lieutenant colonel know how to do because we've had to do that in the field. But we, sitting here in our comfortable Archie Bunker chairs, I find it easy Mm -hmm. to throw in some jiffy pop into the microwave than learning how to do something from scratch. I mean, when was the last time you knew someone to make a meal out of scratch? I mean, I have to admit sometimes I cut corners, but most of the time I do. (laughs) I have a back refrigerator filled with the stuff I jar myself. But very few people can do that. We have been so dependent upon getting our information from someone telling us what to think and what to do. We are all just like zombies. And we just lap it up and say, yes, master, whatever you say, we'll accept. I think somewhere along the way, and I'm hoping I'm right, the true heart of America is starting to beat and people are starting to wake up because I think because of shows like mine, because of people like you and Lieutenant Colonel, Americans are starting to wake up and say, hey, we're in trouble. It's time to put the brakes on. I'm hoping I'm right. Am I
6: I, I, you would hope so, and that would happen. Um, you know, in, in the America, we hope we understand and know, but again, uh, I call it righteous betrayal. Um, when I was doing a lot of the politics running up and down D.C. and, you know, in, in what, a decade ago. Um are <laughs> old. People would, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people would absolutely, you know, be there, oh, you know, patriot, I'll, I'll have my guns, I'm nobody, I'll take all of them, you know, that type of stuff. But when it comes down to it, and you're out there, and like, I was getting Kavanaugh'd, I was getting um, uh, shadow Shadowband, and all stuff like that before it was cool. But now, the uh, people will be there with you, and... In, in theory, they, they'll talk it in, in, when you're face-to-face, but when you start going out there and, like, you say it, you're out there saying the uncomfortable stuff, and sometimes you feel crazy saying it. You absolutely do, but it's the logic. It's in your heart. It's in your soul. It's God. But they, like, their job will be threatened, or if they start coming out as a conservative, oh, my God. So they'll sit there and almost, like, push you in front of that bus. So, you know, the attention's on you, and they'll say they were going to be there, but they didn't show. You were out there alone, and you got clobbered, because it was either something that affected them. Yeah, they've got to be good to your family. You've got to provide. you got to do all that kind of stuff. And yes, I believe in America, but not as much as, you know, my kid, or or, or my reputation being sullied, or whatever. So, therefore... The righteous betrayal, they did it for their family. They betrayed you. They betrayed their God, their country, and everything that comes along with the founding of this country, the once in a life, once in a world, once in eternity. You know, good doesn't come around much, uh, you know, on this earth.
0: Look at history. It's it's not. I'll I'll give you and Lieutenant Colonel some hope because since 2009 – I have kept going, the Tea Party here in Beaufort, South Carolina. We meet once a month, and I've been seeing more and more new faces. And this past week, there was a call out because we had an emergency school board meeting dealing with mask mandates. Now, South Carolina Governor McMaster said there can be no school uh, mask mandates. If you do, we will pull your funding, which would be state funding. You can't pull the federal, but you can pull the state. So I Mm -hmm. sent out a blast, and I worked with two other groups uh, here in in the area. We descended upon the school board meeting. For every one person that spoke for the mask, there were 10 of us that spoke against it. And that was done. Yeah, like try to find a Biden voter. (laughs) Within 48 hours, we rallied the people to show up at this meeting. So if I can keep the Tea yeah. Party going now for 12 years and we can rally people to show up and speak and publicly before the school board, we did the same thing for County Council back in April, too. Um, yep. We can still do it. We can still do it. we just got to put the fire back in Americans' bellies.
6: And you, you are amazing in, in, in the, the stick-to-itiveness and stuff like that um it's it's amazing because being fed up and all that type of stuff even you know the, I was only, only betrayed by republicans conservatives are good people but republicans are politics and <laughs> like you're saying i, I don't want to like you see everyone saying you did not serve in vain the way this country's set up is that we have a civic duty to engage the government and keep it straight here at home While, you know, our military defends us over there. Yeah, we protected American lives and and us from being attacked here. But the thing is, we protected this place. And D.C., the government, and people within our country are the ones sinking it. So it's – I challenge the people listening, civilians, military members who are civilians now, it's – did we serve in vain while we were protecting Americans? arguably, we're falling from within. So we, we served valiantly. We did amazing things. We are the best. We still are the strongest. They can't beat us if we decide to win. Um, but did I serve in vain with all this stuff we've done? Did I serve in vain? Because you know what? I was protecting the people who were standing right behind me telling me what to do, and they were in the process of trying to fold the american system god and country into a communist or 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 sharia or anarchic uh, 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 wasteland they need this down for them to rise so it's like did we serve in vain we have to go now this cold civil war might go hot real fast because the veterans are starting to figure it out and go they're waking up to it going oh my god it's you, the government, it's you, the president, the SecDef, the secretary of state, all of these people who are doing it. They're just the people now. But if you look at it, they've been, as they pass it from person to person and left to left, you can prove it. It's open source. It's not conspiracy. If you can prove it, and they're trying to censor that. So it's like are we doing our job here in the United States? We have to make those people who run this place that we have given the power to. They have to fear us. They have to fear for, I'm not saying for their lives, you know, I'm not gonna say anything here that's, that's, that's bad, but they have to feel the urgency of what they're doing. They have to feel the repercussions of the people that they are leading or the people that they are sending to their deaths and for what they're setting up for what is coming, because you better buckle up. There's going to be bombings. There's going to be slaughters. There's going to be vehicles running down sidewalks. They're emboldened. This isn't about, like, yeah, now it's a big recruiting tool. You're going to have every swing every bit of evil that's out there is going to start heading our way. This is biblical in proportion. This is... This is just the beginning. This is going to get dark and evil fast.
2: Wow.
0: Well, I, up to the, the when I'm, well I want to mention this because, uh, Lieutenant Colonel, you and Ben, both being veterans, uh, because we do have a massive number of veterans as well as active duty members uh, committing suicide every day. Uh, so there's yeah. a military yep. and veteran helpline, and I'm going to read the number out. It's 1-800-273-8255. Again, that is 1-800-273-8255. So if you're out there, you're feeling like there's nothing left in life, before you do anything rash, please dial 1-800-273-8255. Or you can text, and they will respond immediately. Text it to 838 Two five five again, eight three eight two five five. Text or call, but please don't give up. There are those of us are out, there out there that will fight yeah. next to you, and we will stand next to you, and we will put our hands out to give you a helping hand.
6: All all That's warfare is not bombs, bullets, or guns. We're in the political warfare now. We are in a society, a civilization warfare for what you believe and what you fought for. Your fight isn't over. You didn't unsign that commitment to the Constitution. So, you know, get in touch. You're not alone, guys, girls. If you're feeling anything, reach out to friends, other veterans. You're not alone. They, you know, evil wants you to be isolated. Do not, you know, you still are strong. You still are powerful. Start committing it to an enemy that you see in front of you. And just learn the different modicum of war. Yeah, it may have been guns. It may have been something else. But use intelligence, research, uh, team building, get into politics. We have to take over this country because, arguably, the kings and queens are not ours anymore. And the pawns, us, or the rooks or the knights, we're still on there. And the, the, the enemy has the helm. So this is, this is refounding 2.0 we have to do it and the, well, the revolution was a civil war
0: we have to do it again
6: now,
0: lieutenant colonel where can people find you um,
7: before I say where they can find me I would say to my fellow veterans to serve down range uh, just like Ben said uh, don't let the uh, don't let your demons uh, win. Uh, we all have our, our demons uh, and we all have chinks in the arm here. We just gotta work on it. And we say focus, like Ben was saying in the right direction. I have said multiple times to my fellow, uh, uh, Americans, the only people who could take back this country is veterans to run both as democratic and Republicans, uh, because they're just yeah. two vehicles, right? Two vehicles to being able to be, have a seat at the table, run be I want to see all those veterans run and be in office. Because this just is not working, and the people we have in charge right now. In the Middle East, we used to call them dictators, you know, and uh, when a dictator died, everybody would, collab, you know, clap for them and uh, talk about their legacy and their, their son or hand-selected, uh, uh, you know, crony would replace them. Over here is the same. Congressman, congresswoman dies, uh, their son, family member, or daughter on both sides of the aisle replaces them, and then, uh, you know, um, if not, it's going to be one of the cronies that they select uh, over there. We call them dictators. Over here, we call them Congress people. Uh, so don't allow that to uh, disgrace this nation. Uh, every time evil manifests, you got to confront it, which is what I said five years ago to this November, standing on stage at a synagogue in um, in Canada uh, when I was asked to speak there about why even the Christian churches are not doing anything about uh, the fact that the root of Christianity the certain Christians are getting butchered in the Middle East which okay. another yep. cleansing will come now because of what happened mm-hmm. in Afghanistan possibly by March yes. of next year is going to be the final killing of the uh, Syrians and Yazidis and, and this, uh this uh, 9-11 you can see soft targets in Africa Asia Philippines everywhere else being attacked where Christians are going to be killed if it doesn't happen with any attacks here because the homeland is still a little bit more secure than other areas soft targets so please uh if you want to learn more about uh, the work i do go to uh, necsc.net uh, or Near East center for strategic engagement and then i also have a weekly podcast which i started because i couldn't go out meet voters during covet uh, which is new paradigms with sargas and gary and they could just Google search new paradigms of Sorgas and Gary, and they'll see that I bring some uh, individuals to unravel some of the most difficult, uh, uh, you know, strategic issues that we have to deal with. So God bless you all. Thanks, Ben, for your uh, uh, service to, to the nation. And uh, uh, thanks for giving us an opportunity to have this discussion here. If it wasn't for Americans like you, young lady, uh, we wouldn't be able to get the word out. You well, too, God Colonel, bless you, and, sir.
6: Uh, hey, standing by... Ready to serve, if uh, anything made sense
0: or sounded coherent. <laughs> well, I'd, 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 God bless. Well, Colonel, I'd, I'd also add into there, those of us that served as first responders, because we're here on the home front at the front line, we see every day yes. the damage that is done, every day in every household. So also throw into there the first responders that also serve yes. honorably. Yes. And what I see yes. happening right. to my fellow NYPD, I mean, it, it tears my heart. We worked so hard to reclaim that city to see it fall again into such worse than we left uh, it. So God bless them. Yeah. God bless you, mm. sir. Thank you very God much. You, Thank Crow. you, Ann.
7: Much appreciate it. Okay, Ben. Dave Bray
6: it, sent a text. He said he's willing to come on anytime.
0: Ah, wonderful, wonderful. Well, Ben, if you want to hang on, uh, you can join us because we got our next guest in. uh, Also, another fellow veteran here in the great state of South Carolina. It's a shame he doesn't live in my district, but we got Nancy Mace. I'm not going to complain too much. We got rid of beer Can Joe, so now we want to get rid of Tom Rice, the Rhino. (laughs) This is a traitor, and we want to put in Graham Allen. Good afternoon. How is that for an introduction?
4: Uh, it's uh, it's not a bad one. I appreciate it very much.
0: <laughs> well, you're up oh. in the seventh district here in in South Carolina, and you're doing the very same thing that Lieutenant Colonel Sangari was saying: veterans get out there uh, and start running for office, which is exactly what you are doing. Yes. Yeah. Well,
4: we're, we're we're trying. Uh, it's been a long day today. We've done. Uh, it seems like interview after interview with this atrocity of an administration that is, uh, I I, I begrudgingly even hate saying the words, uh, running our country or lack thereof. Uh, But we have a handful of congressmen and congresswomen, elected leaders, uh, that impeach President Trump, that honestly this, this falls on them as well because they help lead the way and pave the path for what we have going on right now they issued the way for people like the biden and harris administration to come in and completely wreck our entire country completely destroy our military with general milley uh turning us into this woke uh society biden has made the most horrific military decision probably in the history of the united states they will be studying this in the war academies for probably the remainder of time that America is a society, the, the, the absolute incompetence that has happened is, is, is above, it's above reproach in any type of way. Um, I am calling on – in fact, I challenged uh, Tom Rice to actually say something on Twitter the other day. Uh, And we put out an official statement as a candidate. And I basically said that I'm calling for not only Biden's resignation, I'm calling for Nancy Pelosi while she called Congress back in session for two days to vote on this horrific infrastructure bill to raise taxes on Americans. While Americans are trapped in Afghanistan, I'm calling on Congress to go back and do their job. We not only need to impeach Biden and get him out of there, we need to impeach Harris, and then we need to expel Pelosi, and we need to save America. Tom Rice finally responds, and I just simply responded with, I appreciate you taking my advice on how to do your job, Tom, because this is the type of person that is representing the people of District 7. This is a weak-spined individual that is a career politician that does not have the will of the people, especially in District 7. District 7 is a red red, red district. President Trump won that district by 20 points in both elections. Even to this day, it is an R plus 12 district. They believe in we the people have the power, not the government. We the people tell the government what to do, not the other way around. And they need fighters. I've listened to your show. You understand exactly what I'm talking about. We have a problem in D.C., and the problem in D.C. is affecting the entire country. And if we continue to send politicians or younger versions of the current politicians that we vote out to D.C. instead of fighters, we are never going to win this battle. And we, right now, Americans, real Americans, have to stand together to change the current trajectory that our country
0: is on. Oh, <laughs> You don't have an opinion, do you?
4: <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I get well, I get I get wound up. Like I said, it's been a long day. I've, been, I've had to talk about how just idiotic Joe Biden is all day, and it's uh, yeah, it, it's it is. <laughs> elections have consequences, and people's decisions have consequences. And I I just literally, before I came on this show, put out a tweet that the impeachment voters that voted to impeach Donald Trump are looking really, really, really stupid right now. Because Donald Trump was impeached twice, both times, hoaxes. They were, were ridiculous accusations, one of them of which was a phone call. What does Joe Biden deserve? They impeached Donald Trump for saying that he incited violence on the Capitol. Absolute lie. Not a single shred of evidence has been uh, presented to even remotely suggest such a thing. They impeach the man for a second time. Of course, he gets shot down in the Senate, but I digress. These people, these 10 uh, Republicans in name only, rhinos, these horrific excuses, spineless cowards. Uh, <laughs> It is – they are 100 percent to blame as well. I would say that they have – they play just as much of a role of where we find ourselves today because they not only betrayed the Republican Party. They betrayed the people of their district. They betrayed the American people, which has led the way for Joe Biden and, God help us, Kamala Harris. To come in here and we're witnessing it we're only eight months into it can you imagine where we'll be three months from now
0: well you know okay. I was watching Newsmax the other day and someone came up with someone uh, there was a Hispanic protest and it was Kemala which means in Spanish Kemala. how bad Kemala Queen Kemala <laughs> queen came out yeah, of my, well, my mom goes, Go, don't call her a queen <laughs> yeah well I call
4: I call I call Joe Biden King Biden because that's how he operates or or whoever's pulling him strings that that's how they operate they operate like a tyrant a dictator uh, just the other day with the Pfizer vaccine approval uh, Joe Biden calls on small and large business owners to do his dirty work for him to uh, mandate vaccines on terms of employment for their businesses. These people are cowards. Let me explain something to, to the American people. I know people that listen to your program understand this, but everywhere I go throughout the 7th District, all the way from Chesterfield County, all the way down to Horry County, I tell them the same thing. The government, the elites. The, the, the bureaucrats, the politicians, they do not care about you. In fact, they borderline hate you. And worse, people like Tom Rice, who's fixing to announce his reelection campaign, mm-hmm. doubling down on his impeachment vote for, uh, for, uh, for President Trump, they believe that you are stupid and that they are smarter than you and that you are just going to just la da about your day and just dance puppet like they want you to dance. I believe that the American people, especially the people of District 7, are smarter than this. I believe that the American people are waking up. I believe that people are challenging the status quo. And I know for a fact that people are tired of politicians, and they are tired of people that do not have the guts or the courage to look right into the face of Nancy Pelosi or to the president himself. And I do believe in giving respect to the office Of the president of the United States. I do. But Joe Biden does not deserve that respect. He does not deserve to even have the title of president or commander in chief. And people, they need representatives that will go to Congress, that will go to D.C. and that they will fight and say, you know what, you're not God. The American people don't answer to you. You answer to the American people. And the people say that they are tired. The people say that they are angry. And the people say that they are refusing to do anything else that you demand of them to do. Because the only reason that the government has power in the first place, the only reason that congressmen and congresswomen and senators and state reps and uh, mayors and councilmen and governors and, and presidents and vice presidents, the only reason they have power in the first place is because of the power and authority that has been given to them by the people. That's why we're here. And forgive me if I'm coming across a little aggressive today. I apologize, but, but, but seeing, everything no, that we're seeing, no. seeing everything that's going on right now, ladies and gentlemen, it is only going to get worse. And if we do not turn the tide in 2022, President Trump said this himself, if we don't win in 2022, 2024 doesn't matter. President Trump also said himself there needs to be one challenger to every rhino impeachment voter because we've got to get these people out. And so my message is very clear. I'm a fighter. (laughs) I'm very vocal. I have no (laughs) problem telling people how I feel. And this is what I believe. I believe in faith, family, freedom. I believe that big government needs to get the crap out of our state, out of our areas. They need to leave our rights and our freedoms alone. And I believe that we, the people are the governing authority in this country, and it is time that not only the American people remind the government of that, but the elected officials that are supposed to be the conduit of the will of the voice of the people do the exact same thing. And
0: um, I got to tell you, because I... I have been trying to get myself where I can do a full video podcast and have you call in we do something similar to Newsmax, but instead, I pulled a bunch of pictures off of your Facebook page and your your web page uh, and uh, your your page for your campaign. And it's playing right now. So as you're talking, I'm, I'm laughing because I'm looking at the stuff that I put up there where your stance are on uh, big government, upon mask mandates, upon uh, vaccines, you know, and so forth, all those little uh, pictures there of you with those statements next to it. So that's playing, of course, the screen over on YouTube and Facebook, up on Restream, and will be posted, of course, all the other social networks. So, you know, uh, just loving it. I am absolutely loving it. It's about time someone with a pair of really good cojones end up going into Congress. But I'm also noticing a lot of military veterans are now stepping up and stepping – and running for office, which we need people like you that were boots on the ground, you know what was going on over there. What is going on over in Afghanistan is an absolute travesty. It sh- this should not even be occurring. And yet we're, we're seeing it happen. And, you know, uh, the first thing you do is when you decide you're going to withdraw, you get the civilians out, number one. You get the your allies out, number two. You get your military uh, 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 wounded and the diplomats out. Number three, you destroy all of the equipment. You don't leave a single thing behind. Number four, and then and only then do you take your troops out. But this was done completely, as my friend Mike Cutler says, backwards.
4: Exactly right. Yeah. No. There, there. There is nothing. There is nothing about this that makes any sense in any regard. Uh, I think you're seeing a lot of veterans stepping up because we're tired. We're, we're, we're tired. Like, like I said earlier, we, the people, are tired. We are angry, and we don't trust politicians as far as we can throw them. Uh, one of my favorite hit articles so far on me has been uh, Graham Allen has proven to be the frontrunner uh, in challenging Tom Rice, but has angered local uh, uh, GOP leaders Due to abrasive comments Online I thought that that was absolutely hilarious Because that shows you how weak Spined so many People in our own state and our own party are Abrasive comments bother you Or well, excuse me we have a country to say I could care less About if my abrasive comment Offends you Look we're trying to be polite And look we're playing political games has gotten us. Uh, As far as Afghanistan goes, we have one sole purpose right now. If Biden has any ounce of morality, if Biden has any ounce, whoever's pulling his puppet strings has any ounce of intelligence whatsoever, we have one singular focus right now, and that is to go get our citizens, our allies, and the people that we made promises to out of there by any means necessary the end. If we have to move mountains, come hell or high water, that is what we have to do and we must do right now. No negotiating with the Taliban. The Taliban are savages. They're animalistic savages. They cannot be trusted in any regard whatsoever. The Taliban doesn't tell us what to do. We are the United States of America. We tell the Taliban what we're going to do. Once that mission is accomplished. And once that mission is done, then Congress needs to do their actual job. And they need to call in session, and they need to hold every single person accountable that was responsible for these atrocities that did not have to happen. They need to impeach Biden, impeach Harris, expel Pelosi, and get them out of there. And if they're not willing to do it, there is an entire army of challengers for 2022 that will be glad to do their jobs for them in 2023 when we're sworn into office.
0: Well, we also have to get rid of the brass. The brass up there. Exactly. Uh, Obama Everybody. Everyone
4: a, responsible.
0: Well, Obama did a huge clean of house when he was in office. He kicked out anyone that was of good quality. And he put in th- these these limp-wristed individuals that are more concerned about their political career. And then about taking care of the men and women underneath them. And that's, that's all it means. You, have, you play the political game until you make, meet your next promotion and then the eventual grandeur t- retirement and your book deal. And that's what we've got. We've got General Millie Vanilli, uh, Secretary of State Austin uh, – I'm sorry, Secretary of Defense Austin that is just absolutely, absolutely despicable – And every time I see them open their mouth on a press conference, I I try to not throw up. And I don't want to ruin my argument. It's difficult.
4: It's difficult. It's difficult. Uh, Maybe if we were more concerned about winning wars than we were about identifying proper genders uh, and CRT training in our own military, maybe we wouldn't have these issues. I, I agree 100%. Uh, we need regulations. We need firings across the board. This is this is arguably the most embarrassing, horrific. Just utter defeat, that's what it is. That's what it is. And, and no matter how much Jen Psaki tries to spin it around and act like this is going 100% according to plan, and Joe Biden, Joe Biden even said it yesterday, you know, we knew that this was going to be a dangerous mission. No, you did not, Joe Biden. No, you didn't. You set an optics date for the 20th anniversary of 9-11, and you wanted to be the president that was going to end the war. That's exactly what this was you either two things. We have the most incompetent intelligence and military leaders in the history of America. B, Joe Biden got the right intelligence and just said, Screw it. I'm not listening to anything you say because I have a date or C, we have all of the above. I believe it's all of the above, which means we need to get rid of everybody.
0: Wow. You know, um someone sent me a mime uh this morning and in it was a picture of General Eisenhower side by side with General Millie Vanilli. And Eisenhower had a single row of ribbons, or as we call them, lettuce. Uh, but you look at Millie Vanilli, and he's got a whole grocery store of lettuce on his dress blouse. And I'm like, excuse me? No, that was a General Eisenhower. You're not. Don't even, don't even try to put yourself in the same category, but that's, that's the way he looks at himself. He's the next best yeah. thing to, you know, vanilla ice cream. Oh, wait a minute. He is vanilla ice cream. <laughs>
4: so. Well, that's the difference. That's what did, that's, it, it, it is. The difference between playing the games versus fighting for the country. The end, it all boils down to that. and, and And you can talk about it with our military leadership, and you can talk about it with our elected officials. So many, 98% of Congress needs to go. We need to hit reset and start again. Uh, So many of them, because we as people, we have done this. And, and, And I tell everybody this when I have these meetings too. We need look not in the mirror but at ourselves for a lot of these issues as well because we keep electing the same people, sending them to Congress thinking that a different result is going to occur. Okay, somewhere along the way, we formulated this viewpoint of what a uh, candidate is supposed to look like, sound like, feel like, what their degree has to be, how much money they got in the bank. Do they have tattoos? Do they not? How many suits do they have? Do they look a certain way? Can they have a beard? Do you know that when I got ready to run, they actually looked at me and said, how do you feel about shaving your beard? because uh, you know, polls show that people like people without beards more than they do with beards. And I said, You've lost your mind. I'm not shaving my beard for anybody. This is who I am. That's how crazy that is how crazy that it is. And most people don't realize those things. Like they like like that is the truth. We have created this false narrative of What a politician is supposed to look like because for so many years, Americans have just ducked their head, and they've just walked around, and they've just let the government do whatever the government was going to do, and nobody cared. The biggest thing that Donald Trump did, President Trump, that he hasn't got enough credit for yet, but when the history books are written, when all this is said and done 40 years, 50 years from now when I'm dead and gone, all right? President Trump will be known as the president that opened up the majority of America's eyes to what is going on behind the veil in D.C. You see it now. You see people fighting back now. Even the corrupt media is fighting against it. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Why won't you talk to us? Why are you not available for comment? Why are you not answering the questions? At the end of the day, the American people pay your salary. I loved it when Jen Psaki the other day said, why would you need that information? Uh, Because we pay your salary, Jim and we asked you a question, that's why we need that information. You don't have the authority (laughs) not to tell us. We're your boss. You answer to us. It is time for the American people to wake back up. When the government doesn't fear the people, you have tyranny. When When the government fears the people, you have peace. That is simply the way that it goes. We, the people, need to realize that we are in charge. And that is why we're running for Congress. That is it, to give the voice back to the people, to give the power back to the people where it belongs. I'm running on term limit because nobody should be able to go into D.C. and be there for 40, 50 years. That was never the way the Founding Fathers intended it. This is not a job. This is a duty of service to the constituents in District 7, to the people of the United States. You're not meant to do it for forever because there's no way that you can do it for forever, be in DC nine, 10 months out of the year because that's the way Pelosi and everybody has shaped it now, and then stay there for 15, 20 years and represent people anymore. It is not possible. It is not the way that it was meant to be. And by enforcing term limits on politicians, you hold them accountable to the people they represent instead of them trying to ride political waves
0: to protect their careers. Well, you know, um, our founding fathers did not intend this to be a full-time permanent job. You're supposed to go down to D.C. for a couple of weeks, maybe a month or so, do whatever you have to do. Then you go back home to whatever job Correct. you had, your farm or whatever. But you also back there among we, the people, the people that voted for you, so you know what is going on in your district. So would exactly. you then propose legislation that we go back to that so that we're not spending our, – our politicians are not spending all year round. They only come home on maybe a weekend.
4: Yes, because that's the way that it is supposed to be. That's what I mean. We need people. This is why people – this is why some people get elected and then they never live in their district again. I mean think about people that live in Alaska you really think that they're going back and forth to Alaska for two days when they got to be back in Congress in session for all this? Stuff? No. The answer is no. That's why these politicians live in D.C., because they have fundamentally warped the way that it is supposed to be. I don't even like to say the word congressman. I'm not running to be a congressman. I'm running to be a representative. I really enjoy getting in confrontations with people. It brings me a lot of joy. <laughs> I, I, I feed off nah. of it. I love calling people out on exactly what I think is going on and I love defending the people who feel like they do not have the voice or the power to defend themselves. I absolutely believe that we need an army of new candidates to do exactly what you just said, to Flip it back around where you only spend three months out of the year in that horrific excuse for a place to live called D.C. And the rest of the time you're living amongst the people, answering to the people, you're helping your communities, you're working with the state legislatures as well to figure out how you can be of service on the federal level and get the most done for the people that you represent. That is absolutely my intention, and that is absolutely what I intend to do.
0: God bless you. I mean, uh, I love bringing down – because I still run a tea party here in South Carolina since 2009. I love bringing down um, my state representatives because recently – I've got Shannon Erickson. I love her. She's a dream. Um, bring them in. So at least they they hear from us, and that's what our representatives should be doing, listening to us, not listening to the media, not listening to congressional leaders – but listening to us, what is our concern? What are our needs? How do we perceive how our nation is heading? But we're not getting that. Correct.
4: Yeah, exactly right. And, and you know, th- th- there are fundamental differences between you know state reps and state senators versus the federal level as far as their jobs are pertaining to you know uh, the, the 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 fundamental role of the. Federal representative is to yes be among the people, learn what the will of the people is, and then go fight for the will of the people on the federal level to keep the federal government away from the from the people of District Seven. Right now, when I say yeah. that I believe in term limits, I believe in that on both sides. Uh, I believe on mm-hmm. his, I believe in it on the state level and the federal level. Sorry if you've been a state rep for the past ten years and then you want to put your hat into. Uh, being a congressman? No, I don't think you should be. I don't think that's the way it's supposed to work either because you're corrupted already. You're a politician. That's who you are. And I think that we all need to realize that it is not designed to be that way. It was never designed to be that way. I'm the only person I know that's running to pretty much guarantee that I won't have a job. At max of six years from now, <laughs> you know and and because that's the way that it's supposed to be, I wouldn't let people elect me the four, for a fourth term if they wanted to, because I fundamentally believe that that's not the way to do it, even if you are the best warrior ever, even if you are the greatest warrior of all time, Achilles, let's say, you know whatever it is you know Hercules himself. No one is met, and no one is able to be at war for forever. Nobody can do that. That is not how it 's supposed to be and d c is a war zone literally mm-hmm. and and literally, literally and figuratively. it is a war zone, and people cannot fight for forever. So what happens is you do send good people sometimes, but then they're there fifteen, twenty years. They lose sight and they lose focus on what the people actually want, and then they get beat down and tired and corrupted. That is how you hold your elected officials in check. You make it to where they can't live there for forever because this is not a job. This is a call to service of the people of not only the district, but obviously the state of South Carolina and honestly the whole country. Because the entire country is dependent upon congressmen from districts in every single state to do the right thing. And that's what I tell everybody when I talk to, it's not just about district seven either. If we don't if we don't support all of these other candidates in all of these other places that are doing the right things, trying to fight the real battles, then we're gonna lose the main then we're gonna lose the war in the long run anyway. It is a cohesive effort, and I love what I am seeing. You're seeing it across every state. You're seeing it across every state of people that are forming this new wave of candidate that is coming through. And what is one universal thing that they are all saying? I'll tell you. It's that our own party has a system in place to keep the outsiders from getting in. That is is the truth. Our own party does not want outsiders coming in because they claim we haven't paid our dues or we haven't done enough, which is just political jargon for saying you don't owe anybody anything, and they don't know if they can control you, and they don't want you looking under the hood as to what they've done. Every single version of myself in every single state is saying the exact same thing. The corruption is there, and politicians won't call it out because they're politicians and they're not allowed to. But people like us, this new wave of candidate has said enough is enough. It, I don't know if I'm going to win this race, ma'am. I really don't. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. That's up to the people of District 7. At the end of the day, it is up to the people. This is who I am. Do I say abrasive things sometimes? Sure, I do. Do I love this country? Absolutely. Will I fight tooth and nail? because that is just who I am, absolutely I will. But maybe God told me to get into this race so I could expose the corruption in front of the people. I have no idea. But what I do know is I'm going to spread the message that I believe. I'm going to be exactly who I am, and I guarantee you that I will be on the ballot, and the people of District 7 will have the opportunity to choose who they want instead of being instructed who they're going to vote for.
0: Well, you know, I have to admit there is an old boy old boy uh, uh, attitude here with our our state GOP. I was hoping that it's been uh, – Drew McKissick has been cleaning it up some. But I know when Leon Wynn was trying to challenge Clyburn here in the Charleston area, there was really no state support. And uh, that was under the previous uh, GOP chair here. Uh, I know that they do not endorse anyone going into a primary. Once you come out to the other side of the primary, I sincerely hope that when you win that primary, they will put the full force of the state GOP behind you, and you know keep that seat with you. Uh, so you know, I'm going to be a little buzz in, in McKissick's ear. I'm going to tell you that <laughs> I've got it on my <laughs> cell phone. <laughs> well,
4: well, I appreciate it. Like I said, I, my focus is pure and simple. I have no other focus on any other candidate at all. My focus is Tom Rice. That is who I'm here to go against, and my job is to show that you have an America first candidate versus a politician. That is what, that is what I believe, and that is what I think. You have we the people versus the government. That is what I believe and that is what I feel. And I believe that come primary day that the people of District 7 are going to shock a lot of people on
2: how,
4: how badly they vote Tom Rice out of office.
0: Oh, from your lips to God's ears, I really do hope so, you know, because we do need to turn these seats over to kick these rhinos out. And I think this awakening, these 10 Republicans that have sided with the Democrats time after time after time, let's see each and every one of these seats being taken down. And we'll start with Tom Rice right here in South Carolina. But this has got to stop. While everyone is has their eyes on what's going on in Afghanistan, screaming and yelling to get our people out of there, get our these, these citizens alone, the civilians, much less our allies, out of there. And the State Department is doing absolutely nothing. You don't hear anyone else talk, talking about anything. But Nancy Pelosi, in the dead of the night, through this infrastructure bill 3.5, trillion-dollar boondoggle, and at the same time, she piggybacks the John Lewis voting right bill to it, so that if you pass one, you're going to pass them both. This has got to stop.
4: Absolutely. That's why I said I, I'm i going a step further, and I say that we need to impeach Biden, impeach Harris, and expel Pelosi.
0: <laughs> Which means that we have no president. <laughs>
4: Well, uh, you know, at, at some point, at some point, I'm not, I'm not denying the fact that we are in a dark, we are in a dark spot right this second. In fact, I was on, uh, I was on Fox this morning. I'm on Newsmax tonight, and they asked me the same question. You know, they're like, "What if they just impeach Biden? Are we better off with Harris?" And The answer is absolutely not. And we have to ask ourselves how we got ourselves in this predicament in the first place. So every single person that voted for Biden, this is on you as well. You need to look. You need to look, and you need to pay attention. Elections have consequences. You need to see what's going on. To every single Republican that impeached Donald Trump, you need to claim, and you need to be dealt with, and you need to feel the repercussions of your actions that help pave the way for this. Every single person needs to be held accountable. The end. And, yes, it's going to get a lot darker before it gets a lot better. That is sure, that is for sure. The night is going to grow darker before the light shines through. But I do not believe that America is out yet. I really don't. I know if you're listening to this, I feel your anger just like everybody else. I spent 32 months of my life in Iraq. I feel the same way that you do. I do. I see it every day. We've been fighting this battle For five years across the entire nation, fighting for conservative principles across this entire nation for five years, I feel it the same way that you do. But I am telling you, America, yes, it's down right now. There is no denying it. But it is not out. And we have an opportunity to pick it back up, resuscitate her, and send her back on her mighty way to being the greatest country in the world that she was destined by and ordained by God to be. And that opportunity comes in 2022, and we need everybody to stop doing the same insane things of either sending the same people or sending younger versions or different versions of the same people to Congress expecting a new result.
0: Absolutely. But I have to remind people that this is an off-year election. There is an election coming up, I believe it's November 3rd, uh, because I've been rallying my troops. There's a couple of referendums coming on our county ballot and saying, no, 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 we're not letting this pass. So we have to pay attention to the off-year elections just as importantly as the on-year elections. So, you know, folks, it is your right to vote. And if you don't vote, then you're part of the problem. If you don't vote, you let the other side take your vote and vote for what they want, not what we want. So even if it's an off-year election, just get your butt to the poll. Exactly. On an off-year election, you're in and out in five minutes. No big deal. It takes you longer to get a cup of coffee at Starbucks than to go in to vote now. So there's absolutely no excuse for anyone not to vote this November. And it's important. Absolutely. Now what is your primary? Uh June. Okay. Uh is that the first week of June? Yes. Uh yeah. Okay. Feels like forever. <laughs> <laughs> well it's probably right right around my birthday. <laughs>
4: there
0: you go. But, yeah, God, hey, yeah, but then the big one is to, one to one have in something in go ahead, Curtis.
5: Yeah, I just Go want ahead. to say, you know, based. Yeah, I just want to say based on um, what one of our former guests was saying about how we approach things in the Middle East, and um, how it seems like under Democrat administrations, we're we're always having a, a snafu. Um, but it's true because when I was over there um, for the Gulf War, the first one Desert storm. We were under we were under um uh, Republican, you know, administrations and um it went off fine. I mean, we did what we had to do and um we got out of there. Now, like you said earlier, you know, we had problems under the Clinton administration, Obama and now this 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 person, clown or whatever that's um, in office there. So it it's something to It it it, it seems like we have two different philosophies, you know, and I know we have um, political uh, philosophy differences, but when it comes to managing wars and things like that, it's even more, you know, um, distinct, the difference between how the Republicans um, look at war and how the Democrats look at it. That's what I wanted to add.
4: I agree.
0: Oh, that's simple. Now, where can people find you,
4: your Uh, website, if they want to donate? uh, GrahamAllenSC.com.
0: Okay. Well, we've got a link to your name up on our show description so that people click on the description. They can go directly to your website, learn more about you, and donate to your campaign.
4: Uh, Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate the time.
0: All right. God bless Graham Allen. Check him sure out. Graham yeah, Grahamallensv.com. God bless Graham. Have a great day. Thanks for goodness. You too. All uh, right. We've got our next victim up in the studio. The one, the only from the Epic Times. The founder of Faith Hill, Mark Tapsky. Good afternoon. Welcome back, Mark. How are you today? Well, I am fine,
3: Ian. How are you?
0: Ah, my head is. Spinning, Absolutely spinning. I mean, we've had a whole roundup of great guests this morning, and everyone is on fire. I'm telling you, completely on fire. Uh, listen, um, you have uh, a great article up dealing with the uh, January 6th Capitol, quote-unquote, incursion. And yeah. just recently, uh, was it last night it was? Lieutenant Michael Byrd, the one who shot uh, Ashley Babbitt, was on Lester Holt. I'm sorry. You know I'm retired law enforcement. I looked at yes. this man. I listened to what he said. And between what Joe Biden was saying earlier about Afghanistan and then General Millie Benelli and then uh, Secretary Austin, uh, I was trying not to throw up in my Archie Bunker chair. But he almost got me to do that all the way. I, I have never seen such illogic, poor tactics and outright lying, and that I've seen with this man in this circumstance.
3: I, t- I tell you, Ann, um, the thing, I watched that same interview
2: and um, <clears throat>
3: had much the same reaction you did. Um, the thing that struck me the most about it, having and, you know, we've all watched the video of her being shot many times. The thing that really got me was his statement that, He shot her because she was a threat. And I'm thinking to myself, she's unarmed. She's in a totally vulnerable position when she is shot because she's trying to climb through a narrow window. And there's other officers standing right next to her. How could she be a threat at that point? I I, I just, it mystifies me that, that the... Leadership of Capitol Hill Police have exonerated this man because he clearly committed an egregious, an egregious mistake.
0: I I wouldn't even give it the quality of a mistake. What he did was absolutely criminal. He claims he announced himself and and challenged her several times. You can hear other people around her. You never hear a word coming out of his mouth. All you see is his hands come around the corner of the building. She's at a window where he can see she has nothing in her hands. And then he says, well, I didn't know what was in her backpack. Well, actually, no one knows what was in her backpack, but you've got two officers right there next to her. You know, all he had to do is shout at the officers, pull her out, pull her back. Yeah. No. Instead of doing something non-lethal, he chooses a lethal method. On an unarmed individual. Yeah,
3: it's it is it is mystifying, and the fact that the only thing that is more mystifying about uh, what he did and why he did it is the fact that he's been exonerated. That that to me is that's just it's just unacceptable.
0: Yeah, and and then you, you look at the arrogance of Nancy Pelosi. Now we're learning. Or actually, many of us knew ahead of time, you know, before the January 6th speech was going on, I was hearing from people saying, hey, listen, uh, Antifa and Black Lives Matter are going to be parking vehicles with weapons in it around the Capitol. So when Trump does a speech, they're going to be at the Capitol. I said, oh, really? That's interesting. And then you hear. Uh, The Capitol Police had forewarning, Secret Service had forewarning, Uh, the D.C. police had forewarning, and yet the additional manpower was not allocated. I'm sorry, Uh, I can't tell you how many times that I got put on a bus and bust somewhere because they were anticipating a riot somewhere. And, of course, in New York City, you always take the cops from Brooklyn and Bronx. And in the back behind you would be Queens, Staten Island. (laughs) The front line would be, I I understand these tactics, but this was not done. And Nancy Posey had the power to allocate that manpower, to say, do it. The plans look good, do it. She had the ability to do this, and she didn't. So she prevented not a, them. Not, I'm sorry. Go not ahead.
1: On, not
3: only, not only did she have the power and the authority, she had the opportunity to do it, and she chose not to do it. She specifically said no. We, Trump offered the National Guard, um, and you know the the additional the additional services reserves were there; they were available. She turned them down, and they—they they clearly were not prepared uh, for what happened. The the rank and file guys, I know more than a few of them because I spent so much time up there. Um, they, you know they're embarrassed by this because they weren't prepared. You, you watch the videos of what happened, and there's places where the Capitol Hill police are very aggressively. Defending themselves and the Capitol. And there's other places where they're opening the doors for them, you know, inviting yeah. them to come on in. So the the story that I did, uh actually it's in the print edition today, and it was on the online edition yesterday. The FBI, according to Reuters, which is supposedly a um, credible, legitimate mainstream news source, quoted a couple of sources from uh, the fbi saying that they had looked at all the video that why they'd read all the interviews with the witnesses they'd gone over all the evidence and concluded that there was quote no grand scheme to um, invade the Capitol or take hostages um, that in, that involved uh, president trump or any of his associates i read that and so i called and asked the um, uh, spokesman from the House Select Committee to investigate the attack on the Capitol, January 6th attack on the Capitol, has the FBI's conclusion that there was no grand scheme changed your your plans for your investigation? He wouldn't answer that question, and Mm. the same day, They sent over um, lengthy document demands to the National Archives, the Department of Defense, Department of Interior, seven different federal agencies for documents pertaining to communications between the White House and other elements of the government. So they clearly are still operating on the assumption that there was some kind of conspiracy in which Donald Trump somehow managed to manipulate the attack on the Capitol. And we just had 13 Americans blown up in Kabul. We just had all of this, these horrendous scenes in Kabul. And what is the House of Representatives under Nancy Pelosi doing? They're still trying to convict Donald Trump.
0: And I've been talking about nasty Pelosi slipping through those two bills. She couldn't get them through the right way. So she waits until there's a good crisis that she should take a good advantage of occurring. And then piggybacking the two bills, the, the infrastructure bill for $3.5 trillion and the John yep. Lewis bill, which is just putting lipstick on the pig that was called For the People Act. Just reword yep. a few things here and there. And it's just still a piece of. You know, lipstick on a pig legislation. She piggybacks the two of them together so that if you vote for one, you're voting for both. I don't understand how that is even constitutional, much less legal. But this is what we have as Speaker of the House. Third in well, line it's, for it's, president.
3: The, the question of whether it's um, that particular procedure that she used, it's a parliamentary procedure. Uh, it was called <clears throat> deem and approve. Uh, or a self executing rule, and I have no idea why they call them that, but your your description is pretty accurate it It allows you, under the guise of voting for one thing, to deem as approved something else and the The thing that is amazing to me about that is she she calls uh, the speaker called the House back into special session during the August recess on Monday and Tuesday not not for the purpose of considering what's going on with the withdrawal in, in Afghanistan, but to pass those particular pieces of legislation. So, you know, again, we have people in Afghanistan desperate to get out. And what is the House of Representatives doing? They're, among other things, passing the biggest budget, preparing to pass the biggest budget that this country's ever had, annual budget. And passing legislation, the For the People Act, um, the John Lewis Advancement Act, Voting Rights Advancement Act, that effectively puts the Department of Justice bureaucrats in charge of every election in this country. It federalizes elections that since the first day of this constitutional republic were controlled by the states.
0: That's that's what's going on. I seem to miss that part about a constitutional amendment to alter the voting uh, section of it. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Well, oh, then again, we have a $3.5 trillion infrastructure that contains human in- infrastructure. What the heck is human infrastructure in it? Two of the most unconstitutional bills to be ever presented. I mean, I've seen some stupid things in my lifetime, and it's been uh, decades Um, But I've never seen anything so blatant and so brazen as what this speaker has put forward. And and talk about arrogance and drunk with power. That is what nasty Pelosi is full of.
3: Yeah, Yeah, there are an awful lot of people who who would agree with that.
0: You know, what I love is is that in your article, um, talk about arrogance of this woman – Uh, Pelosi told the House during a floor speech uh, that the January 6th attackers, quote, were out to get me for the bullet in the head or to hang the vice president of the United States, assault the lives of members of Congress, traumatize our staff, disrespect the workers in the Capitol. Uh, (laughs) uh,
3: There's an interesting dissent there if you if you If you look at what she says, the first thing she mentions is the possibility of her being murdered, the next thing the vice president being murdered, and then you have kind of a sliding scale down to disrespecting capitol Hill workers <laughs> to, to to put those two things in the same sentence with disrespecting Capitol Hill workers to me is a demonstration of a lack of um, perspective, and that's 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 frequently a serious indication of um, um, an inability to think logically.
0: Uh, well, that, that's a polite way of putting it. <laughs> I would say I'm being very self-worth, careful with <laughs> it. Self worth, ego. <laughs> Jeez. Now, uh, anyway, now but, but, Mark. Well,
5: yes. Go, go ahead, how you just, doing? Yeah. Now, I wasn't there, obviously, but is there any truth to the fact that um, the people were led into uh, the Capitol building? They were actually kind of like ushered in. They didn't force their way in.
3: Uh, in some places, they did force them to force their way in. They busted out windows and knocked down doors. But in other places, um, the Capitol Hill police who were present in the particular area, um, didn't oppose them; they allowed them to come in, and and that's yep. that's indicative, I believe, of the fact that there were either confusing directions from Capitol Hill police leadership, or you know, the lack of training for this kind of a situation. And I, frankly, I doubt that it's the latter. I suspect it was the former.
0: Yeah, yeah. I know, because I remember going through riot training and. Uh, <laughs> Man. Anyway, Mark, uh, people can find you at the Epic Times. I'm sorry we didn't have a lot more time together with you, but I got a friend of yours uh, sitting up on the phone, Hans von Spakovsky. So I got to let you let, go, Mark. Let me, Mark. L- let me you tell say you,
3: in. Hans von Spakovsky is one of the smartest guys in Washington D.C. Well, thank
2: you, Mark.
3: I just love, say-
0: <laughs> I just love saying Hans- his
3: name. I'm gonna I'm gonna pass the baton over to you, Hans.
1: Well, thank you, Mark. I'm sure you have. Uh, I'm gonna have a hard time following you. <laughs>
0: Y'all have a great time. All right, we'll speak with you uh, in two weeks, Mark. God bless. All right. All right. All right. Bye bye. Check out Mark Tapscott at epictimes.com. Uh, Hans! welcome aboard. We got Hans von Spakowski with the Heritage Foundation, one of our favorite people to have and when Tom sent me the email saying that you were gonna be with us, my mom thought I was going to get up and start dancing because I was singing your name <laughs> so your ears burning
1: <laughs> uh, that's uh that's that's funny
0: <laughs> oh man now, um, I was talking with Mark about this that as this uh, is going on in Afghanistan. Um, the left is using it as a Trojan horse. As a matter of fact, you wrote an article specifically about that. Uh, Nancy Pelosi slips through these two bills. She piggybacks them together. So if you vote for one, you're going to actually vote for both. Uh, the $3.5 um, trillion infrastructure bill uh, tacked onto with the John Lewis election bill and as i was talking with uh, mark it's just a remake of hr1 the john lewis bill they just put a little lipstick on it and renamed it hr4 john lewis you know election reform bill and it it's the biggest use of a crisis to get what she wanted to have done
1: no that that's right and it's a really dangerous bill if if that bill passes um we, we can kiss goodbye the integrity of America and fairness of American elections for years uh, to come uh, because it, it, in essence, would give the federal bureaucrats, and, uh, and I can tell you, the federal bureaucrats who inhabit the Civil Rights Division of the Justice Department are, they are the most, le- I used to work there, <laughs> they are the most left-wing <laughs> radical ideologues I have encountered in my entire legal career, which is saying quite a bit. Anyway, this bill would give them basically veto authority over uh, many, many state election laws. Uh, So if a state legislature, like in South Carolina, decided to um, make some changes in the way the state tries to uh, clean up its voter rolls, you know, maintain its accuracy, take people off who've moved out of state or died, uh, if the state legislature did that, whatever that provision is, would not be effective until unless the bureaucrats at the Justice Department said it was okay. I, I mean, mm. think, think about that. that. That is an unbelievable invasion, first of all, of state sovereignty. And it takes away the ability of the voters of a state and their elected state legislators to decide what the rules are going to be governing elections in their state.
0: Well, you know, I, I'm looking at this, and in, in a way, they're going back to the 1960s, trying to use where they were saying, uh, you're, you're disenfranchising the black votes. So now the federal government has to oversee your elections until we show that you have enough integrity to let everyone vote equally. If people remember, I forget, the, the Civil Rights Voting Act, I forget what the heck it was called, something to that effect. The Voting Rights Act so of were,
1: 1965.
0: Right. So there were punishing the South for, you know, voting rights. And after a while, they removed that. And they said, well, now, you know what? You know, uh, this is the new America. Everyone is, has a free chance. Everyone has a free right to vote. and No one's being encumbered and hindered or anything. So they pulled that off. This is another way to reinstate it. But instead of being the North versus the South, it is red versus blue. So if you're a red state, we're going to penalize you.
1: Well, yeah, it, it, it doesn't just reinstate the preclearance requirement. It expands it. And this is all based on the completely false claim. I mean, this is a myth, a myth repeated by everyone from Barack Obama to Joe Biden and constantly repeated by uh, the media that doesn't, doesn't know any better. This myth that there's this wave of voter suppression going on across the country. That is simply not true. Um, listen, and the Census Bureau, uh, you know, released its report recently. On last year's election, <laughs> we had the highest turnout in last year's election since 1992. The turnout was even higher than when, when Barack Obama ran for office, and that, that was a record increase in turnout. Um, and – Georgia, for example, think about all the claims that have been made about Georgia, particularly by Stacey Abrams, who's been claiming that there's voter suppression going on there for years. Uh, Guess which state in the United States, according to the Census Bureau, has the highest voter registration rate in the United States? Georgia. Georgia. Georgia, exactly <laughs> right. I mean, it it just gives a complete and total lie to the claims that Stacy Abrams have, have has been making. I mean, when she opens her mouth, you can you can uh, assume that whatever she says, the opposite is true. <laughs>
0: Well, my sister just moved nearby uh, to help me with my mom. She's just outside of Savannah, and she came from New York, and she was so proud that she and her husband have their Georgia voters registration. (laughs) They wanted to make sure they had it in time to vote for Trump. (laughs) It didn't work, but that was two more conservatives voting in Georgia than they counted. But uh, there, there's also a method to her madness in doing what she's doing with these two bills. She's trying to kill through the back door the filibuster. Now, how would she be able to do that by doing what she's done with these two bills? Well, because what
4: um,
1: just just to be sure, as folks understand what the filibuster means, um, in order for a bill to come to the point where it can be voted on, you know, yes or no by senators. You have to vote to end debate on the bill, and it takes 60 votes to end debate. So when you're engaging in a filibuster, you're basically saying we're not going to end debate, and if, if it's successful, then you can never have a vote, and that kills, kills the bill. Um, uh, Joe Manchin, the Democratic senator of uh, West Virginia, has said he is not willing to get rid of the filibuster rule, which has been in the Senate for a very long time. It's very, very important to keep it. And um, what Schumer and uh, Nancy Pelosi have been saying is, well, okay, you you don't want to get rid of the filibuster rule in its entirety, Um, but you should at least agree to get rid of it for any kind of civil rights legislation, because that's so important that that uh, uh, involves such basic rights that we, no one should be able to filibuster a civil rights bill. If they can get him to agree to that, <laughs> you and I both know what's going to happen. Almost any bill they bring up is going to be uh, said by them to involve civil rights. I mean, think how broad of a term that is and how mm. many things that could happen. And, and once they've got that wedge in, if they can make that change in the rule, it won't be that far down the line where they've, finally get rid of the whole thing and the whole point of that is so that they can without any opposition pass not just these bills affecting elections but the Green New Deal which would destroy the American economy and all kinds of other rules that they have and laws the bills that they have not been able to get through because fortunately Republicans have been filibustering them and keeping them from passing
5: Man,
0: now are you willing to take a uh, question from a, a listener Sure, okay. Let me bring this person on because this is they called back in again. All right, you're here listening to Southern Sense. This is your hostess Annie, the radio chickadee, along with my guest from Heritage Foundation, Hans von Spakovsky. to whom am I speaking?
8: Uh, you're speaking with Hunter
0: Hi, Hunter. You have a question yeah i what 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 what
8: can we do on a grassroots level? I know. I work, I like to work as an election judge, work the polls. And, I mean, obviously you can't do any sort of campaigning type style doing election polls, but it always just seems like there's something shady going on. What do you do when you suspect uh, anything untoward?
1: Well, most states, most states, look, I'm not familiar with the laws of every state, but most states have a provision in place. That allows either a registered voter or an election official to challenge the ability of someone to vote when they come into a polling place if they think that there's something wrong uh, with their registration ability to vote. The best example of that I can give you is, uh, look, if I walked into my precinct, I live in Virginia, if I walked into my precinct and I saw the my, my neighbor, my former neighbor, who I know has moved uh, in fact to South Carolina <laughs> and I saw them in there voting because they're still registered to vote. Obviously that's improper, they don't live in the state anymore and I would have the ability to file a challenge saying that person should not be entitled to vote because they don't live in the state anymore and under most state laws, what happens is uh, the, the, there has to be a hearing by the local county election officials on that challenge to decide is it a correct challenge or is it an improper challenge? And does that person get to vote or not vote? Okay.
8: Because I was wondering when I I worked a poll in the uh, Tucson area and Mm -hmm. I still have questions about things I saw and I'm not the only person who has questions regarding that. So I mean, now it's probably too late, I imagine, to say anything. Well, unfortunately,
1: it? after after elections, often is. But look, that's one of the reasons why I'm a big supporter of uh, the kind of audit that we have going on in Arizona. In fact, I think every state ought to conduct audit, uh, deep forensic audits, after every election to ensure that all the laws and rules were complied with, the voting equipment worked properly, and individuals didn't vote who shouldn't have voted because they no longer live in the state, or their dad and somebody voted in their place. I mean, that's the kind of thing that a deep, good, uh, well-conducted audit could reveal, and that's why I'm just astonished at the opposition to audits that we're hearing from uh, the Democratic Party, liberals, President Biden, the U.S. Justice Department. It it, it doesn't make
8: sense unless they think there's something to hide. Hey, when we were in Arizona halfway through Election Day, we swapped out election machines halfway through, and I've never heard anyone say a peep about that afterwards.
1: Well, that's the kind of thing. Hopefully the audit that they're conducting we'll, we'll look into.
0: I hope so. Well,
8: I, I was wondering, just real quick, can either one of you lick your own asshole? Can oh, lick your own asshole? sorry about
0: That's that. Yeah, sorry about that. At first, we thought it was a legitimate call. I apologize. Anyway, every once in a while, you know you're doing something right, Hans, when you get a troll calling in and does something like that. <laughs> so you know you're, you're pissing them off.
2: <laughs> anyway.
0: Um, I When when Tom told me that you were calling, I happened to have been just reading an article uh, about this person that was arrested in California back in, in mid-August where they discovered 300 unopened vote-by-mail California recall election ballots. And right. when they arrested it and they, they interviewed the police, they said, oh, it's not election-related. Wait a minute, he's got 300, well fine, he's got a gun, he's got some drugs, uh, but he's got 300 ballots he should not be in possession of from two different towns, and it's not election-related police.
1: Well yeah, plus they also, in that same report, the police said, oh it was an isolated incident, really? How do they know that? (laughs) What kind of an investigation have they conducted? The biggest question is that the police haven't answered, at least not that I've seen that in news reports, is where did he get those ballots? That is a crucial question. Uh, Where did he get those ballots? How did he get his hands on it? Because if this felon was able to get his hand on 300 ballots, what in the world is going on out there? Where uh, uh, did they get them? Uh, that is an important question that has not been answered. Oh, by the, by the way, <laughs> speaking of California, I don't know if you saw this, but the, uh, district attorney in Los Angeles, la- uh, a week or so ago, indicted, criminally charged six local individuals, including a sit- a sitting city councilman in Compton, California, yep. for a conspiracy to engage in fraud to steal the
0: election in At,
1: which that city councilman was won, uh, he won the race by one vote
0: yep i'm just holding up in front of the camera your article from heritage and i have here next to it compton california what happened here and i was reading it and i was hysterical i was like no there's no election fraud in california no 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 <laughs> no yeah. no no he won by actually 855 to 854 the votes now um that's right Now, this guy Dawson had possession of blank voter absentee ballots, and he had a chance to beat this guy Galvin, who is the sitting uh, city council member, uh, but he didn't. And instead, (laughs) he went and decided to cast these for Galvin, and and, like they were exchanging emails or, or texts or whatever it was. And say like, you want to come for the seat? Yes, baby, come for the seat. And they just, this is so childish. And they're so dumb to think that they're not going to get caught.
1: Well, I'm not sure how they got caught, but uh, I think there's actually a lot of fraud that goes on in this country that people aren't caught because there aren't measures in place to to detect it. it. It's very difficult to detect fraud after an election. And usually... When we do find out about it, it's because somebody talked, or if there was some some kind of accidental thing happened that revealed it. But but a lot of a lot of folks, it's it's easy to get away with in most states.
0: Well, I have a friend of mine. Um, she is has her group. Uh, they're actually going through the voter rolls, and they have been weeding out those that are dead and are still registered in our county and they're starting to expand to go out to other areas of South Carolina, but you'd be amazed how many people still remain on the rolls, uh, after they passed away or they even moved away. And, right. this and then, then, is and how then it,
1: the key question is how, how many of them cast votes after they moved away or after they died?
0: Exactly. Exactly. So when my sister and her husband moved from New York to here, New York mailed them a ballot down here. In the interim, she was registering to vote down here. So uh, she had to turn around and say, well, uh, no, I just canceled my voter registration. You know, take it off the rolls because I'm registered now in Georgia. She was honest. But how many other people have not checked to see if they're still registered in the state they had moved from?
1: No, that's right. And how many people have taken advantage of that? Um well, I can actually tell you that um, last year, the Public Interest Legal Foundation, this is a conservative election integrity organization, a nonprofit. I'm on their board. Um, they actually checked into that by looking at the 2016 and 2018 elections, and they found, uh, I think, over 14,000 individuals who cast ballot in one of those elections twice, Because why? They were registered in two different states, and the
6: states didn't realize it.
0: Wow. Now, what makes it even worse, you have a place like New Hampshire, where you can walk into the state and on the same day register and vote. You don't have a time period where you have to be a resident for so many months or whatever, or you have to register so many days prior to an election. No, on the day of that election, you can walk into any polling place, register to vote and cast your vote at the same time
1: yeah and uh, given how important the presidential primary is in that state it makes you wonder you know how many folks drive over from surrounding states like Massachusetts just so they can register and vote in that election and then when it whenever the primary occurs in their state vote vote again I, good question um, Massachusetts is one of the worst states in the country, however, for actually doing anything about that kind of fraud. So uh, you're not you're not going to find out from Massachusetts election authorities.
0: No, no, and this is what we need. We need our state legislatures to tighten up their election reform. And we've done it here in South Carolina. Texas has done it. Um, Georgia has actually done it. But we need to do that. Now, you recently gave testimony uh about the oversight of voting rights act uh potential legislative reform and you were addressing um the house of representatives uh tell us what was going on there
1: well right before they introduced hr uh, 4 which is the bill we were talking about earlier um they had a final hearing uh in the house judiciary committee and i was asked to testify it was a uh, five to two five uh, witnesses called by the Democrats, two by the Republicans. And um, I basically was there to say there's no need for H.R. 4. There's no need to amend the Voting Rights Act. It's in place. It's nationwide. It's a very powerful tool against discrimination when it occurs, which these days, voting discrimination, it's extremely rare. Let Let me tell you how rare it is. This is not my opinion. People can look this up. Look, during the entire eight years of the Obama administration, you know how many lawsuits they filed under the main provision of the Voting Rights Act, Section 2, which which prohibits racial discrimination? You know how many lawsuits they filed to enforce Probably that provision? Four. Zero? Four. Now, huh? Four. Four. Now, think about this. For the, the, they've been saying, oh, there's massive voter suppression going on to discriminate against, for example, black voters across the country and yet they didn't file a massive number of enforcement actions, which shows you that that's just propaganda. Like I said, in eight years, they only found four instances, four instances of racial discrimination going on in the voting context across the country. Anyway, so I went and testified. I said there's no amendments needed. You would not have believed the testimony. From the five liberal witnesses or the statements being made by the Democratic members of that committee, if you listen to them, you would think it's 1875, that (laughs) Reconstruction has ended and that the conditions are as bad as they were in 1875 when they were bad. And when black Americans were being prevented from registering and voting, you would think it was 1875 based on the claims being made, which were just absurd claims. It was, oh, there's massive voter suppression, all these people being kept out of the polls. The facts just don't matter to them. And the facts are we we have record registration rates, we have record turnout rates, and there simply is not voter suppression going on across the country.
0: Oh, man. I, I'm looking at the clock. We're down. Oh, God. There's only eight minutes left on the on the, the clock. Uh, this show has gone absolutely – it's just flowed by today, uh, unbelievably. Um, I'm trying to – I whatever I was going to say now just went completely out of my head because I just – I was going to say something, and now I forgot what it was. But uh, I was going to answer – oh, yeah. We had here in South Carolina, Nikki Haley, when she was our governor uh They said, "Well, we can't present i d because we have a large segment, you know the black segment that's poor, and they can't get to motor vehicles to get a state i d and she turned around and said, "Oh, no problem." Um, we're going to set this time frame, these several months. All you have to do is call this 800 number. We will dispatch transportation to you, take you to motor vehicles, wait on you, and then take you back home. And, by the way, the ID is for free. And it's a state ID. You can can buy liquor with it. You can vote with it. But it's a valid state ID. And they're saying, oh, there's 1.5 million people are disenfranchised. They can't vote and it was something like only 2000 people signed up to get a free id so that goes right. to show you how disenfranchised the voters are
1: yeah but that's all look that's that is the same experience in every single state that has put in a voter id requirement you have all these liberal groups like the ACLU and the League of Women Voters they come in and claim oh my gosh hundreds of thousands of people don't have an id won't be able to vote and then when the laws pass and the state starts handing out the free IDs, it's always just a very small handful. It's never what they say it is, which again shows how they just lie and exaggerate in their opposition to these ID laws.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, people can find you at heritage.org. Hans von Spakowski, I love having you on. You are just about my favorite here.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I, I appreciate it, and it's always great to talk to you.
0: God bless. All right, check out Hans von Spokowski at heritage.org. We're down to our last few minutes on the show, Curtis, and what we've got coming up next week, we're already booked solid. Um, we've got Andy Berger, Voices Against Human Trafficking, but she also wants to talk about PTSD with our kids and these masks. Uh, then we also have mm-hmm. Deborah Atlas. She's a newspaper columnist, a freelance journalist, a blogger, professional speaker, and she's the author of a book out called, You Aren't Depression's Victim. And then we got our friend, Lucretia Hughes, she's going to call us and tell us what's up. Uh, And then, of course, our usual guest from the Heritage Foundation next week. So um, that's all I got for today.
5: I don't like we got a full schedule.
0: Yep, and we're already booking into next week and the week beyond, uh, because I have a friend of mine, his son, uh, who happens to be an Afghan war veteran with the Marine Corps, (laughs) uh, is running for office out of uh, North Carolina District 7. He will actually be announcing his campaign on our show. Um, So I'm not giving his name out just yet. And also we have James Kitfield, who's the author of in the company of heroes, inspiring stories of Medal of Honor recipients from America's longest wars in Afghanistan and Iraq. Uh, he's also a senior national security correspondent for the Atlantic Media Company and the National Journal. So uh, we're booking up. We're booking up fast. So
5: yeah, that's and all I got for I'm today. gonna try to get. I'm gonna try to get a former ambassador to be on the show sometime in September. His name is Stanley. Escadero.
0: Okay. So as, long as, it's it's <laughs> as long
5: as it's
0: not John Bolton. As long as it's not John Bolton.
5: This guy is a true blue, true red mm-hmm. conservative. Let me correct myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll leave y'all uh, wishing you a safe, healthy, and happy weekend. Uh, please say prayers for that. Uh, all those that are in Afghanistan trying to get out, trying to come home, and those who are trying to help rescue. Also say a prayer for the families of the 12 Marines and one Navy corpsman that lost their life senselessly yesterday. Please pray for the families because there is a huge hole in their hearts. So until then, I say good night and God bless, and I leave you your song from Gary Peccarella, Save America, because today We need everything we can do to save America. Good night and God bless.